Okay, and technical issues later, we are back again with Manny talking about uh, creating a public persona. Creating a persona, yeah. So, yeah, you know, you, you, I just, I developed that over the years, and throughout time, it got better. I want to uh, take you back to something you said, because unfortunately, sure. I, you know, we have to start from scratch. Uh, hustling is all about the communication. I might be misquoting you, but... yeah. I believe that at least that's where the root of it is. You got to be able to talk to people, right? You got to be able to like get on yeah. their level, get kind of kind of get that let their guard down, make them feel comfortable around you to actually want to buy into what you're selling or give you what you want. You know, is that manipulative? I mean, so the short <laughs> answer is technically sure. A little bit. So okay, so I've I've got a stance on this, which is effectively all communication is manipulation. Like, okay. if you're talking to someone, why are you talking to them? Right. Obviously, you want something, or you're trying to get something done. Or... It's not necessarily problematic or toxic, right, but, right, like, right. if you're communicating with someone, it is to get something. Yeah. You're, like, imparting, you're imparting something, or you're trying to take them on a journey somewhere, right. do something for I've you type shit. Yeah, I've always thought, um, when, I, when I thought about communication, like, the essence of it all is to either learn something or to teach something. Or impart something, yeah, yeah. I can see that. Learn or yeah, teach. And, and, and technically, you know, I guess that is manipulation. <laughs> manipulation of intellect. But but not um not, <coughs> not in a bad way, right? Well, no, so no, like is, said, is there good and bad non, manipulation? In a non-malicious way. Oh, the word you, go, you yeah, used yeah. earlier was balance. Uh, right. You know, balancing your, your persona with your the reality of who you are and, and right. you know, the honesty. So, um, so one thing is, yeah, so the short answer is inherently no, easily without trying to, Yes. Uh, how quickly do people who are hustling create an entirely fake persona to sell? Yeah. Word. Word. Um, well, and I think part of it for me came out of, like, a survival thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I grew up in the hood in Worcester, Great Brook Valley, which in the 90s, it, now it's people like Great Brook Valley. What do you, what, there's nothing bad about the Great Brook Valley. But when I grew up there, I mean, we were at the height of, like, riots and just so many... Um, Really bad things going on between the people who live there and the the police, and yeah, there was a lot of conflict. It was just yeah, so much going on, and um, so everyone around me was always in like survival mode. And right. I feel like as you are raised, you emulate your environment, you em- yep. you emulate those around you, whether you need that survival or not. So I didn't necessarily need the survival myself. My mom was, she was dope. She gave me everything. But I didn't even knew, know I was poor until someone told me I was poor. <laughs> you know? yeah. So my mom held it down, right? But everybody around me was in that mode, and I had to move accordingly. You know what I'm saying? And so yeah. um, I think it was, I, it was based in survival, but for me it may be more about fitting in a little bit. I mean, it's both. Uh, you, you have to fit in to survive. Yeah. Um, so the, the, I think the concept you're describing is rapport. You're building r- rapport with people uh, so that you can do transactions and deals with them. And right. um, I realized a few years so, – so I um, I started at a pawn shop in Worcester. Like, not, like I was doing computer repair before that, but my first real beginning to networking, everyone getting to know me, was uh, at, at a pawn shop on Pleasant Street in Worcester. And um, I was there for six months, and I watched the owner work with – you know, customers of all different types. Like, I would watch him buy gold from someone who was probably about to go shoot up and then uh, say hi to a uh, a police chief, like, minutes later in an entirely different way. And it was, it was frankly, it was beautiful. Like, like, like at a, you know, it wasn't, he wasn't a different person. He was just that what that person expected to see from him. Right, and right. 
it was it was fascinating. But but what I realized retrospectively is what I learned there. You know, because I I didn't like learn how to run a business in six months working at a pawn shop, but I did learn how to network and learn how to build rapport. Yeah, yeah, and it's showmanship too. Yeah, a lot of it is showmanship, right? You give somebody a show, you get the nickel. Mm. Um, greatest showman of all time, right, Barnum? Yeah. Um, Barnum and ba- no Barnum. What's PT P. Barnum? Sorry, Something can't like remember that, the name. Yeah. Circus, yeah. Um, you know, a lot of it was smoke and mirrors, um, deflection, so um, giving people but- what they want in the moment. And and the funny thing is, is a lot of people who are hustling look at the bigger picture, the long term outcome. Mm-hmm. People who are being hustled, they're in it for that immediate gratification. And that's why it's so easy to hustle them. Yeah, everyone. Well, I mean, <laughs> just give them what they want, right? <laughs> everyone's looking for immediate gratification. Yeah, dude. I mean, well, that's why. That's a big reason why e-commerce these days is so fucking huge. Because as soon as somebody can pinpoint, okay, like X amount of doggy bags are being sold in Worcester. If I can like target target at anybody that's going to this dog park at this time that needs doggy bags and undercut by a dollar. Boom, motherfuckers got doggy bags. And that's like that instant gratification where you see these ads on social media where it's like so specifically targeted, you almost can't say no to it. Yeah. Like they send me fucking anime tees all day and yeah. I'm like, dude, I don't need any more tees. It drives me insane. But it's so fire and it's only 20 bucks. And I've, I low-key feel spied on. I really don't. Oh, yeah. oh, 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 so I'm looking into advertising for my shop through Hulu and the, the, the person, I, I, I should go get the list that he gave me, but I can target not just based on income demographics, but like... Uh, buying habits. I can target people who just got married, target people who just bought a car, people who have been researching lawnmowers. Um, I can target, you know, people who have teen kids in private school. It yeah. is, yeah, it is silly how much, and this is Hulu. This yeah. is from what you're watching on TV. That's and, extensive. Yeah. Um, but also, I, I don't think anyone thinks about how much information they just give away using the internet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 1,000%, dude. And that's, that. I mean, that goes right back to why it's so fucking hard for me to stop buying $20 anime tees. Because they're $20 anime tees, and they're so fucking fire. But they know that. The algorithm knows this. They're like, look at this fucking sucker. He's bought 17 anime tees in the past three months. Send him another one. And 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 I buy another one. And and then how do you justify it? Well, at least I'm not buying a $150 Gucci shirt. Exactly. I'm like, like, at least I got my favorite character on it. I can fucking wear it and feel proud. There's a a book (laughs) called The the 4-Hour Workweek, which is um, by Tim Ferriss, and it's effectively a... Uh, how to? It, it, well, frankly, it predicted the gig economy like a decade ago. Uh, he systematized uh, working for yourself, hiring a bunch of individuals to do most of the actual work, and uh, streamlining this. And the end result uh, is not necessarily these teas, but the you know when you see something for like 150 bucks, and it is it's like it was invented for you. Yeah. And you know that most people don't need this, but, like, anyone who does is going to buy it when they see that ad. Yeah, yeah. So, have you ever done that, and then you find out the thing doesn't actually exist yet? No. I, I've, uh, yeah, oh. yes. It was, like, it, like, it tried to suck you into, like, a pre-order type shit. Yeah, either a pre-order or you go to the purchase. Anyway, so one of the things he actually recommends in his book is, like, you create a, like, this is market testing. This is a, you know, if, so in other words, he creates a page. Pays like fifty bucks or five hundred bucks to, to Google Ads, and then sees if fifty people buy his product. If fifty people buy his product, he actually has it created, and he systematized this process um, to the point where like you guys could take your ideas, listening to what everyone else says, and figure out you, know, you you'll run through them. But he gives you a process, uh, A and B testing, trial and error, um, for systematically 
uh, creating these things. And what I realized is, you know, like, how are these sustainable? Like, how does someone do this? And, like, this isn't a career you're going to retire off of. Right, right, right. And the real answer to this, and he doesn't actually address this in the book, but what I've realized is you're doing another one of these, like, every two to five years. Yeah. Like, these are these are side hustles that have a short life, and, I don't know, they're not really great for society or consumers, but there's a huge market for them, and uh, effectively you are creating, you're not creating the market, but, like, you know, because, okay, let me put it this way. You remember, like a flash uh, in a pan. Yeah. Remember when, um, I think it was, uh, it might have been right after January 6th, like the day later, like the next, it was January 7th, there were, uh, plastic figurines available of these people. Um, and it was like the, the meme had become a 3D printable object, yeah. like, like had been a yeah. 3D printed mm-hmm. object. And so what, what, what I'm going with this is the, the process between someone having a mediocre but sellable idea and it becoming a reality and a full blown website. Uh, is like hours at this point. Like there are yeah. AI website creation things, right? Yeah, uh, right. and there, so there are people who have teams, and all they really do is say, "Here's what I want to create," and then they, mm. they outsource every single aspect of the process. And the end result is now we have more shit to buy. <laughs> and yeah. it's it, 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 essentially that process you're talking about is just Kickstarter, except less, less like. It's a less for thing. the artist. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It's like it's like the same concept as Kickstarter, except. If you were a Ponzi scheme, <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> so the, the the extension of this, what I'm seeing now more and more. Uh, so so in my business, there's a, a contrast called software as a service. Uh, not not really my business, but but in a lot of industries, there are I don't know. Um, uh, I don't think it's a good example, but like there's so many different softwares online that will do the podcast recording or editing for us. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And we yeah, have yeah, to pay yeah. a subscription fee. Right, right. So right, all right. of those are not all of those, but but generally speaking, the vast majority of those are hosted on an Amazon Web Space server, mm-hmm. and uh, and then resold through the same very. I guess what I'm trying to say is it's not like necessarily Spotify. So where I'm going with this is all between that and AI. What we are about to see over the next, we're already beginning to see it. Like yes. new software, new subscription, uh, like, you know, it's not like Hulu or Uber, or, or Uber, but like, you know, there's, if you want to do something online easier than you have before, if you Google it, there's going to be 10 to 15 options that advertise using AI. Yeah. And what I'm realizing is we're about to see, like, we're already seeing the, like, like, like those cheap, shitty products. Yes. Rebranded, but but it's now, instead of uh, something we can order, it's something we're subscribing for for the rest of our life. Right. And this is all on a database. You know, like, this is all, like, like it's... It's like a hack between fucking a Ponzi scheme and drop shipping and, like... Yeah, drop shipping and vibes. targeted ads, right? Like, it's a, it's just, it, it gives me that same vibe. Yeah, and it's, it's all... <coughs> problematic is not, like, the right word, because conceptually, this is fantastic. This right. is, like, look at how many different things we should be able to do with all of this. But instead, we're just getting, you know, 30 different, uh, we'll convert your words to, to, to speech or, like, I don't right. know, different tools, utilities. We'll do your homework for you. Exactly. Which is, frankly, great, but it's all subscription-based and none of it is actually designed to be as good as it could be. It's designed to be a minimal viable product that someone will sign up for. Facts. Facts. And uh, th- then the other thing you, you see, like, with phones, like how they'll hold back software features so that they can release it in the next model. Yeah. We're, we're getting the same thing. Like, people, like, companies are deliberately watering down their product so that they can sell us more later. Exactly, exactly. Uh, now, that's manipulative and bad. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> bad manipulation. So, so that's what it, where I think this, this kind of comes in is it's, uh, what, are you doing this for your own self-interest? Because self-interest is a really big thing that most people never actually think about. But I think it might be the differentiation. 
I guess the the it depends on what the actual question is. Valid. What am I doing specific? What am I? What are you asking me? Do do I I do self interest? Because there is a self interest element. I think in anything anyone does. Damn right. You gotta want to do it, right? You gotta you gotta want to get up and and have that at least that self driving motivation to get it done. Yeah. So there has to be some level of self interest, right? Um, if if you're talking about the community stuff, I do. Yeah, absolutely. I live here. I'm sick of seeing right. shit the way it is. I'm over it. I think it's bullshit. I think that business as usual, politics as usual, has gone on long enough as usual. And it's shown in like the energy that's there um, pre-election or, or even in the election season um, where so many people come out and you know either they're going to run or they have all these supporters that show up for them. Bro, you know how many people... I want to say... I, I, Forgive me, my numbers are trash. I can never remember numbers. But let's just say, essentially, there was 100,000 people who registered to vote in the city of Worcester, aside from the people who actually vote every year, right? Yeah. This is 100,000 in addition. Only 10% of those people actually came out to vote. So that does go to show that there is... There's a disconnect. Not only a disconnect, <laughs> but there's a, there's a desire, there's a want for change. But the follow that through is, well, that is, well, is that where is the well. disconnect is, and I, I think, uh, I think too, a lot of it goes not maybe so much on a local scale, but definitely on a bigger scale. Like the 100%. term is the term is a buzzword now, but it's so valid. Voter suppression, where these tactics yes. are used to not encourage you to fucking go vote. 100%. Like motherfuckers will like do the most to make it invisible. You know what I mean? Like, unless you're driving by and you see the signs or you're riding the bus and you see the signs, ward, precinct, vote today, vote here today, you're not going to really... And even so, you're like, what, who? I, don't, I still don't understand. Right. I see your sign, but who politics? really are you? Exactly. You know? Who and are you? one of the things that I think on a national level that impacts municipal voting is how they handle the, the presidential, senatorial, and uh, congressional elections in that there's so many, like, loopholes and and weird shit that goes on, right? And then you watch that because it's nationally televised. It's on every news channel, Fox News, CNN, Newsmax, YouTube, anywhere you look, they're showing all this national shit, right? And then they're telling you straight up, your vote doesn't matter. Yeah, Trump's over here talking about, you know, voter fraud. Democrats over here talking about voter suppression. Who's telling me the truth? I don't know. What the fuck am I? What so, I've, I've voted every year since I was eighteen. Has it really mattered? I don't no. know. I don't really think so. So uncertainty only benefits the people who are currently in power, and right. I think that that's worth. I, I right. realize, like, also uncertainty well, prevents progress. And 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 not only the people in power, but the people who fund those people in power, or the organizations, businesses. Well, the, so funding is a great. Uh, I was reading an article earlier today uh, that was quoting a, 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 a counselor uh, to win. Uh, on uh, an election that well, is... Shout out to Councilor 2, by the way. Amazing. Oh my because they God. take a lot of shit. <laughs> so much. So and much. I think they're doing an amazing job for someone so young and someone that is definitely not politics as usual. So trying to... Int- and I'm so sorry to go off on a little tangent, no, 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 but trying to introduce it. that new way, new <laughs> age of thinking against <laughs> these archaic minds... Bro, shout yeah. out to two. That's all yeah. I gotta say. Yeah, they're dope. Ancient, Much deep-rooted, love. corrupt, fucking bullshit ass mm-hmm. systems. 
Bro, they straight talk about it. All right, sorry. Go back to your point no, before okay. we get off on another tip. I mean, well, so, I mean, so, yeah, they're talking about it. The, 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 they uh, were referring to the uh, an election that requ- – uh, the election that democracy based on funding isn't democracy. Uh, and, and that was in response to the $57,000 that the Chamber of Commerce uh, put into petty um, – Pretty much put against <laughs> Balada King. And... How is that even a thing? Right. Oh, I mean, so so when you look at like that's this is because technically. All right. So ahead. so the problem with this election here is that it's not actually any of. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's obviously a lot of Worcester problems. But if I'm not mistaken, all of the things we're watching here are actually pretty commonplace across the globe. Like we're I'm just looking at a micro question. That's part of what I do. That's why that's that's my job. Actually, the I love is a great place for stupid questions. Excellent. I love asking stupid questions because then I feel like. If I, if I have the question, there's probably somebody else out there who can yes. use this as a learning opportunity. So my stupid question is, <coughs> I thought the Chamber of Commerce was like a municipal thing. Mm. Like, is it a private organization? So I don't know whether it's private or not. Because are you allowed um, to like pay for candidates to... The short answer is yes, they can. They're, okay. they're a... So companies can. This is, that's how this works. Uh, it is like individuals can only donate a certain amount. Companies can donate a lot. Um... And that's how they get around all of this. Like that's, right, but like, I guess what I'm asking is like, why are they getting involved? I thought the <laughs> Chamber of Commerce was like a city-run organization. Ah, yeah, that's a super common Not misconception. Not a private, because it sounds like it's a private organization. It is. Uh, it, it's a private, so it is. And oh. uh, uh, I don't know exactly how it's structured, uh, and I, I should like look that up before talking about it, but what I have, but we talked about this. So I, Monday night, I was together with a bunch of other uh, uh, small local business owners, and we were talking about the, how problematic everything is and how difficult the, the market and every... Anyways, Chamber of Commerce is not actually beneficial to small business. Um, and it really never kind of... Happened. That's why I'm not part of it. Yeah. Um, but but it's been actively bad against a lot of small business um, in a lot of different ways. Gross. Yeah. And that's why this is more petty. Good. <laughs> and, and, yeah. and, and, bro, I've seen... You know, I've gone to so many ribbon cuttings. Yes. Another thing that I do. And it's it's sad because you get there and there's so much great energy. And I think everybody really does want the success of this um, business. You know, but then you see, like, the city officials, the Chamber of Commerce, they come in. And they know what is really the deal. They, You know what I'm saying? Like, they've... Yeah, they've, they've, they've been yeah. doing this long enough. They're exposed to this, right. They know what this small business is up against. Yeah. You know, and it's almost like... Bringing it back to manipulation tactics, like you know what I mean. It's like a like a photo op for these people. Yes. And then you know when you when you go just a couple months down the road and that business is now closed and it's like, well, you, what did you do for that? I, I what sure did you it offer can't be easy on a business owner. It has to be somewhat traumatic to lose that. You know, oh, like I, I, I don't know. It's just, I mean, so I haven't lost a business, but I've been around a lot that have, and it, it, it's yeah, it's it's. I don't know the, the the worst failing grade you've ever gotten. Uh, on top of everyone assuming that it's entirely your fault, and um, the it's not just the shame the, the 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 customers who are like, oh, I was relying on you, right. yeah, like yeah, t- yeah. T- uh, on top of all of that, <laughs> right? Right. And, and where does the chamber and the city step in at that point? So, in theory, the chamber should be proactively addressing a lot of these issues. The chamber should be. I don't know, helping small businesses get their name out. So, so what the chamber offers is really more of a, a place for everyone to get together and talk, which if which would be great if they didn't also try to charge people accordingly. Didn't, if it wasn't, like, that's their marketing base. 
Like, so have you heard of BNI, Business Networking International? Yeah. Okay, I've talked about it a lot on here, and I short version is I recommend everyone join for like two years, but it's a it's a mix of a cold pyramid scheme and a few like kindergarten class, and it works. Like, it makes everyone involved a lot of money, um, but it's got its own self interest that outweighs everyone's individual interest. Uh, and that's kind of how the chamber is. The chamber is not interested in any of its members. The chamber is interested in Worcester, but, you know, at a larger level. It doesn't need... It, so let me put it this way. The Chamber of Commerce will be around in 10 years, even if none of the businesses in it are. And I think that's a huge problem. Yeah. Where's the commerce? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. That part. Excellent point. Yeah. And... That's that's what I'm saying is what are they actually doing except for the showboating part of it all and yeah. and taking these small listen I just became a business this year um, I've been doing this for quite a few years but I've actually just bro I'm broke can we talk about that real yes. quick right, you right. you've been how long how long have you been a business owner okay so let me actually put this so, when so, you first started you were broke though is my point oh I, I'm still let, let, no let me hold up. <laughs> So the reason this is actually super important is because this is a conversation. I was, I think I was just talking, I don't know. I actually was just talking to uh, my admin about this, but we talked on Monday night. I was together with 20-ish other small business owners. Some of them are receiving eviction notices. Some of them are unable to have any. So I'm, I've been open for uh, almost 12 years, 11 and a half years. I opened when I was 20 fucking one, uh, June 1st, 2012. It was my grand opening. And at the time, my rent was 400 bucks a month. I had no employees. And, I don't know, my rent here is $1,750. i am about to probably take over the other side of this building, and then it's going to become closer to 3500 This is a nice spot, though. It, I'm just saying. Yeah, $1,750 really on Park Ave. Yeah, I can't complain. Yeah, it's I got a pretty good nice deal. spot. Okay, yeah, I got a good guy. deal, and I have a good landlord. Yeah. I can't... But, anyways, where I'm going with this is uh, payroll uh, overdrafted my account yesterday and was rejected. Um, and this is, unfortunately, the like third or fourth time that has happened in the past like seven months. And this is, I mean, so my payroll is not a low amount, um, but the past few weeks have been really slow, and I guess what I'm trying to say with this, like, without getting to any two specifics, no, I'm I'm not terrified, but I need to make adjustments in my business, and I, let, let me, here's the best way to summarize it. I haven't actually been paying myself uh, for probably over two years at this point, and that's okay, because I have been actively very much reinvesting and growing in my business. You know, I moved my storefront, I've had this ba- this basement redone. I've had so many different renovations done in this shop, mm-hmm. um, and I've effectively been living off of uh, flipping shit and uh, rental income property money. And it's working, but it's not ideal. You know, I can't afford to buy weed yeah. when I want to. I can't. I, I, there's, there's a lot of... I'm constantly stressed, and I've been open... But, but so where, well, the reason this is important is because this is a conversation I can't actually have with most people. Yeah. Uh, right. And I'm having on the podcast because like, I need to... You know, it, the, the, the normalization of... I am terrified, and I am financial because I, I heard this from fifteen plus other small business owners who can't say it to their their customer base. Yeah. But what they're really saying is like, if my customers don't support me, I won't be here in three months. But they 100%. can't say that. Right. 100%. I mean, so I'm I'm not at a point where I'm going to say that anymore because, frankly, I can borrow. You know, I, I'm I'm going to be getting a grant soon. I'm going to figure shit out. I'm not actually worried do. about my business going under. But no, I'm not comfortable. And right. you know, but, but that being said, I've been in business for twelve fucking years. Right. Like, I have been doing the So, it's... On my end, I, I've been... Con, you know, my, my, my overhead is not the same. If I was still on Hamilton Street, I would probably be a millionaire. Um, but but also, you know, I would not be able to have the... So, anyways, what I'm trying to say here with this is... 
It's not just when you start out. That, that like, if I solve my problems, I have more problems. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. I mean, I, yeah, that's true. And uh, so, so in other words, you know, you start out and you're finally... There was... I remember my second month there, I made 400 bucks revenue one day. And I went to my landlord later that day and paid my rent because I didn't have to think about it for the next two weeks. And that was the best feeling in the goddamn world. Right. Yeah. That was when my rent was 400 bucks. That's like profit on four laptop sales back then. <laughs> so... Now I have employees. You know, my, I, I pay four thousand dollars twice a month. Oh, that's a whole other thing. Payroll tax. Like, never mind how much it costs to keep employ to, to, to pay employees. It costs so much more to pay them uh, properly. And it, it's but but also you have to uh, something else. I keep running into with other small businesses and realizing that this is a growth issue for them. They want to hire people without uh, not putting them on payroll. And the reason for that is because, you know, they're having the issue I am. They, they can't have 4000 bucks every other week. They have 1000 bucks every week <laughs> or right. whatever. It's like they want to pay you. Anyways, where I'm going with this is uh, they have trouble keeping employees because people want a paycheck. Right. Even if they're getting paid a higher amount, they want consistent, regular pay yeah. uh, rather than more. Like, like, so, you know, in repairs, like if I was... Like, I, you know, have a colleague who does Apple computers, so much higher profit margins, much more skill required. He could pay people 40 bucks a repair, and then they do 10 repairs in, in like, four hours, and they have 400 bucks. Um, but that's not what they're looking for. They're looking for 400 bucks automatically deposited once a week. Like, yeah. So, uh, and it's funny, because on the small business owner side, you're like, wait, doesn't this make more sense to you? You're getting more money. Um, but it's funny, because the, the, the other person is saying the exact same thing of, like, no, 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 I need consistency. Like, yeah. which is what the, the, the small business owner is not able to offer. Um, so where, where I'm going with this is, like, you know, once, you, once you're able to afford rent, then you have to afford, uh, I don't know. So there are so many different things, and if you don't once stay on top of it. you solve one problem, another one arises. So when you, when you figure out the rent problem and you're you straight with that, then you're like, all right, what are my other needs? Yeah. And uh, for all of us, I'm sure, yeah. is help. You know, like yeah. this, like my, I'm so unorganized. And it's not because I really want to be. It's just because I just got so much going on. Right. Everyone says all the time, yo, you need an assistant. I'm like, yeah, I also need to be able to afford an assistant. Right. You know right. what I'm saying? So, you know, you go like back to the people. To tie it up and bring it back to the count, uh, the chamber real quick. I don't got $400. What is it, a month, a year? I, I don't it's know. Probably exactly. a year, but I think it's, it's still. A year. But I don't, I mean, I don't. To, to mm-hmm. network, it almost feels like a frat to me. Like you're oh, paying yes. for this brotherhood and this networking, and yeah. at the end of the day, it's still really all about what you're gonna do for yourself. So if it's that's if that's the case, then I'll just keep my four hundred dollars. I'll pay myself four hundred dollars. Yeah, you feel me? So I I uh, once introduced uh, sorry invited a wedding photographer to a BNI group, and his response was that he should put the eight hundred dollars a year that the BNI group would cost into Facebook ads. And I understand where he's coming from, but they are two very, very, very different investments yeah. um, and very different markets well, and models. My business partner is completely... You know, since we started, we have not paid for <laughs> what... He's so vehemently good against Facebook ads, yeah. and I'm like, bro, it's 10 bucks. And he's like, no, well, so, we're doing this organically. And I mean, so I am proud to say, yeah, we have yeah. done everything organically. I'm unfortunately on his side with that. Yeah. Uh, fa- Facebook... I mean, one, if you see sponsors He'll be happy to it, hear that, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you see sponsored over something on Facebook, you're less likely. Like, it, it reduces the rapport. People are paying to make you see it. Right. Yeah. Um, but also... It, uh, it reduces the um, authenticity of 
what you're doing as well. Cause, yeah. You know, you're, you're pushing... Uh, if, if, if your content is good, you shouldn't need to sponsor it. Right. People will find it. If you have good weed, you don't kind of run around saying, yo, oh, Jim, this is the fucking dankest weed yeah. ever. You gotta Shout buy out to my Pac-Man weed. Your goes weed is for trash. A minute, though. <laughs> you know what I mean? You just fucking... You know what it you're, is you're and right. everybody else does, too. You're right. Yeah, you, same everyone concept, else. Same concept. Yeah. But so... That's so. In other words, yeah, I'm like it's right now. Business is so. In that, I mean, like we're in the slow se- season. Like it's it's cold. Uh, November was super busy, but like I need to adapt. I need to start offering more online. I need to do a long list of different things, and I'm you know trying to address my long list of of things I haven't done in before I do the next list of things yeah. I have I need to do, and yeah. those lists don't ever get shorter, ever. Can, can I ask you a question? That's probably I know the answer to already, but Shoot. have you ever slept in the shop? Uh, you mean like lived there? No, 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 just like like working late, whatever. But oh, I'll just fucking sleep here in this chair. No. Wow. Okay. Um, but I uh, for a few months of my first half year, I lived in the shop. Okay. Yeah. So that counts. Yeah. Yeah. Like um, like that that feeling of just like not putting the work down, but also like this is all I got type shit. So it was so uh, so this goes back to the hustling. Um, the way I really got my business off the ground is networking with literally... So I did a fuck ton of Craigslist. And I wasn't just... Le- so I was buying and selling laptops mostly, sometimes cell phones. But every single person I did transaction with, I gave my business card and told them where I was. And so this has worked out... Like, I, I bought a, a, a bunch of access points from someone a few months ago, and I had their n- number saved in my phone. I bought an HP G60 from them literally 10 years ago. No and shit. So, so I, I, I've built a pretty large network by flipping shit, but the importance of Craigslist is, one, I had notifications set up, and the reason for that was, if I saw a good deal, I needed to go get it before someone else did. Yeah. Um, and two, if someone reached out to me, I need to be available for them. So, uh, in other words, the commitment to this is less about sleeping here at night, but I don't know how many different first dates I left in the middle of to go do a three-minute transaction. Yeah. Um, like, like you know, I would tell them at the beginning, like, hi, I've got something, I, I, this might be weird, but I'm going to sell a phone in ten, ten minutes when he messages me. And... Right. I don't know. It worked. Uh, but also I realized, like, it, you know, this this wasn't going to work if they weren't okay with that. Like, <laughs> this is part of my life. Um, I once was on, in a, I was walking in Harvard Square with an ex-girlfriend, and I accepted a phone call uh, that turned out to be someone trying to sell me Turtle Beach headphones. And it was a Sunday afternoon, and she was like, I thought, you know, we'd have some time. And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm a small business owner. I'm never not working. Yeah, right. literally. Literally. And I've, but but so now, I don't, I don't just not answer my phone. Even when we're resting, <laughs> by the way, that's work. Yeah. You feel me? Like, yeah, you gotta rest. You gotta rest. Self-care is very important because burnout is very real. Um, I've experienced it. Mm-hmm. And it can have major, major impacts and like really destroy everything you've worked so hard to build. So you gotta take time for yourself and fuck what everybody else say. Like, you know, you do your best. Every day you show up and you, you put forth your best effort and, and give the clients what they come for, you know, whether it's with you, whether it's music, whether, you know, it's laptops or whatever. Um, and and as a business owner or, or as an artist or creative, it is. It's 24-7. Like, that shit happens to you sleep, yeah. you know? So you got to – I think sleeping in your business is the one of the worst things you could do. Like, separate yourself, even if it's for just, like, two or three hours and then come back. Take your ass home and get in the bed, wash your ass, and then come back. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, yeah. Like, you got to do it. Yeah. You know? Leads me to another question I wanted to ask because it's, uh, I'm like fucking dying over here. Um, when was the last time either of you guys pulled an all nighter? <laughs> um, two or three weeks ago. Yeah. Um, I mean, so, 
Uh, yeah. so, so, uh, about, How old are you, David? I mean, I'm 32, but 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 about. Yeah, I used to do that when I was 32. Right, 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 I'm pushing right. 40, and yeah, that 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 happens less and less. <laughs> you and, and usually it's chemically induced. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, if just, I'm if I'm staying up all night, yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the the reason I about once a month, maybe once every other month, I'm like, you know what? I should just stay up all night and reset my sleep schedule. Because <laughs> like the the problem is, I'm not actually asleep until like two to four, anyways. So I'm trying to set up a polyphagic sleep schedule, uh, sleeping twice a day. Effectively, I want to sleep, uh, you know, realistically, in my ideal world, I'm falling asleep, you know, between 2 a.m. and 6 a.m. Uh, yeah. And so the only way that's actually going to work is if I also take a nap, like 2 p.m. to Midday, 6 yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so that's my ideal goal, but I've also been working towards that for like three years and oh. not actually able to do it. I have a recharge in my calendar at 2 to 3 p.m., I keep scheduling shit over it. Right. Bro, shout out to my kids real quick. They put me on an old-fashioned, traditional schedule. Yeah. I'm saying I'm able to go to bed. Well, I lay down around 10, 11, fall asleep around 12 or 1. Yep, yep. At like 6. Yeah. Go about my day. Um, But, I listen... I'm. I need my sleep. No, Otherwise, dude. I'm a cranky bitch in the morning, and we're not getting nothing done. I I'm just sitting there bitching, like, give me another blunt. <laughs> well, yeah, my thing is because so I I work in construction, so I have to be up. I have to be at the site by seven. Right. So How I do you balance be, that with your nightlife, though? That's exactly. Yeah, that's what I was getting to. Is like so, um, like the uh, like last night or. Yeah, last night. Oh my god, dude. See, I'm lost. Time. I'm literally what lost. What day is it? Do you even know? Yeah, it, no, literally, I'm fucking tripped out. So like, it just so happened, bro. I'm making cakes. I, I was gonna. I'm making pastelillos to bring to work because it's bro, like. By the way, I'm sorry to interrupt. I know yeah. I do that a lot, but I have to shout this out too. Yeah. So I, I'm trying to take good care of my diet and stuff. Right, right, so right, I, right. You know, like I said, I'm pushing forty, so I, I need to watch myself. Yeah. Take care um, of yourself. So I'm not indulging right now. However. Yeah, the visual indulgences you feed me on Facebook. Right, right, thank right. Thank you so much for that. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Instagram too, right? You be putting yeah. on your bro. Thank you. Yeah, man. I just I be like, cooking. I just as be soon as fun. I'm in, in my cheat day, I'm calling Danny. I'm right. getting me one of those tres leche or something. Yeah, Yo, you be bro. throwing it down. We do the Oreo tres leche, bro. Yeah, yeah. Oh my yep. mind. Yeah, bro. <laughs> anyway, OD, sorry, my bad. Go ahead. <laughs> but no, I was just saying, like, it just it just happened. Like, I was working. I was working. Like, worked all day. Cooking all night, getting ready for, you know, Thanksgiving and stuff, and I just didn't sleep. Like, it got to the point because I had to fry the pastelillos to be at work because I was bringing them to work. I'm like, yo, if I go to sleep right now at 2 a.m., I'm not going to wake up at right. fucking That's the fucking five. problem, the point of no yeah. return. Right, so I'm like, all right, fuck it, send it, boom. Right. And I just stayed up. But um, That's how it always happens. It's easier to stay up another four hours. Dude. And and the thing is, like like you were saying, my kids, my kids put me on a schedule because – if I go lay down at 8 p.m., I'll fall asleep, no doubt. Right. Because I'm working all day, I'm up early, all that. But I also have fucking a creative-ass brain, and I, mm-hmm. like, won't shut up. Seriously, so if why I is sit it at my that, desk, that... dude, I'll be there until now. You know what I'm saying? 48 hours or 50-whatever hours, and I've slept five, you know? Like, so five, two nights ago. How do you guys get into a, a brain space to actually do work? Because you say when you if you sit at your desk, and frankly, if I sat at my desk at 8 p.m. and worked until 4 a.m., I wouldn't have all of these stress. I wouldn't have these financial problems. Yeah. Um, I, I So it's actually worth acknowledging the hustle thing, going back to that. I was responding on my phone for everything, for like when I was doing Craigslist right. all the time. And then I realized, like, I'm not actually paying attention to people. I'm always on my phone, and I justified it because yeah, I was always on working. Yeah, 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 I was working, like, three quarters of the time, and the remaining 
quarter was whatever. I'm keeping an eye on my phone. Yeah. Like it was, my phone was glued to my hand and people knew this. And, uh, so, but then I, I realized, crap, I need to stop this or else I'm not going to actually be able to connect with people. And, uh, realized I never, so I still haven't got, that was like three or four years ago, I still haven't gotten back to the, like, on, onto a computer. Yeah. Like, I've started setting up, I've got a great setup at home, but the actual act of sitting down to work at the computer just doesn't seem to be it something I'm able to fitting, do. yeah. Well, what's worked for me, and, and it's going to sound fucking ass backwards, is gaming. Because okay. when I sit down at my desk, the first thing I want to do is game, right? So then I have that discipline moment where it's like, Alright, am I am I nutting up and am I gonna fucking get to work right now or am I gonna fuck off? Half the time, I'm fucking off. Probably seventy percent of the time I'm yeah, fucking off. Yeah, that remaining thirty you get shit done you never would have otherwise. Right, and then also because because of the games I play, it's like like, you know, fifteen minute matches, thirty minute matches, whatever, I'll start to feel that bell in the back of my head, so I'll play a couple matches and I'll be like I gotta do something. Whether I win or lose, if I win, I use it as a reward. I'm like, cool. I'll hop off now. Hop off on high. If I'm losing, I'm like, yo, I'm on a losing streak. Let me get off, and then I'll just do whatever the fuck I had to do, and then I'll sit back down. And then by that time, something else has popped up, and I can't even game anymore. So it's like it's a it's like a double edged sword that I use against myself. Cause yeah, like, and, and that's dangerous reward. with yeah. kids because they could pop out of nowhere any given time with right. some wild shit, and yeah. then it's like you yo, you're completely you distracted. Now. You, gotta, yeah. you gotta do something, <laughs> you know. So what you're doing is called, I think, the Pomodoro technique. It's usually like twenty five of one thing, five of another, and the five yeah. you enjoy, the twenty five is productive. Yes. And so this cube is designed for that. I, you know, put it like this, it beeps after five minutes. Put it like this, it beeps after 45. That's Batteries sick. are dead and I never use it. But it's you know, structured. I should bring this home and start using it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. That's right, wait, awesome. so let me understand. So you do a task during that amount of time and then when you then change you, it, you switch to a different task? Is exactly. That, so okay. like 45 minutes of work. work and then 10 of gaming. Right. Okay. Or, and then fucking 25 of doing the probably, my cleaning, probably of cleaning the fucking kitchen or whatever and then fucking yeah. 10 more bathroom. Whatever. But honestly, that right. structure... Works, good idea. That's, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, and that's and that's just one of the weird things I've realized about my brain. It's like how, because I'm still trying to like learn how I'm functioning. Because and work people, with that rather than yeah, dude. Because people ask me all the time, how the fuck do you operate? And I'm like, dude, I wish I could tell you, <laughs> because like navigating my life is so chaotic sometimes that I'm just on autopilot. Like I'm really just going yeah like, if you, and moving. if you actually start thinking of it like you're, you're yeah, running if i start looking around shit starts fucking flying everywhere and i'm like nope <laughs> just gotta keep going man i'm like yeah, the flash and, in slow-mo and, and at least yeah. from the outside <laughs> looking in it, it does look like you never stop i mean yeah. you have so many different avenues of things you do from your creativity side to right. your family side to your yeah online persona to yeah, the cooking yeah, yeah. to the like there's just so many things you do and it's like bro do you when do you sleep and then you don't got no bags into your eyes so it's like <laughs> you must sleep bro like what is the i, I need know. a secret have either of you seen um clock stoppers no okay it's a movie from the 90s and it's where my taste in music came from it's um frankly the movie was designed for me it's about this kid who gets a watch that uh it doesn't stop time it makes him and whoever, whoever he's touching move much 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 faster so okay. everything around him seems like it's still, but okay. he's in hyper time is what they call it. Yeah. Um, anyways, that's what, it's, so, so there's a great example at the beginning of the thing where the guy's got like a toy Porsche and a toy Toyota, and he shows the Toyota right here, and then the Porsche drives by, and from the view of the guy in the Toyota, the Porsche uh, was, was uh, sorry, from the view of the person in the Porsche, the Toyota was standing still. Right. Yeah. 
And both. so that's how we kind of live our life. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I just wanted to answer that question that um, about how I, um, how how I'm productive basically yeah. is uh, right. pressure. Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I think yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm one of those guys. Like I work best under pressure, so I even go as far as to create false deadlines for myself. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you set yourself up. Almost. Yeah. yeah, I do the same thing. I'm like, if because if I have the actual deadline, bro, uh-huh. it's like <laughs> it's like CPT. You feel what I'm saying, right? Yeah, yeah. So everybody knows if you want your people to show up to the party at 5 o'clock, you tell them it starts at 4. Yeah. Right? Facts. That's kind of how I do. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not always the best way to do things, right. but... I guess you're done. I so. mean, if it works, it works. <laughs> it works. So the, the problem, I, I saw my dad uh, change the clock in the car, um, like, when I was 10. And then yes. every single time he would look at the time, he would he would compensate for it in his head and, and out loud. And I was like, if you just do that, it's, it's not. It's the same yeah. fucking thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but but that's the thing. If you actually manage to trick yourself in the moment instead of saying, ah, whatever. Because the problem is, I, so, that you know, I'm always late places because I still think it takes me 10 minutes to get across Worcester. <laughs> And it's, no, it's now 20 to 30, whether I'm driving or walking. That was on my way over here. Like, I know it's Thanksgiving. I know that there's traffic. I get that part. But still, I'm like, well, I mean, I know how far it is. I've lived here for 39 years. Like, I know how to get around. And no. Yeah. No, I don't. (laughs) Literally, I got to drive to Route 20, literally the, the edge of Worcester on Route 20 to get to work. I live on the edge of Worcester fucking by the airport. So it literally takes me every morning. Minimum 25 minutes. And I'm just driving through Worcester. Like, and all bro, the way down Chandler, all the way up Nobody knows Vernon. how to use a rotary around here. Dude, you really should. Like, how many people yeah, stop in the middle of a completely. rotary? It drives me so insane. That's the thing like, bro, you, you have the right of way, right? If you're in the rotary, if you're you in, go. you go. Is this if you're in, you go. Common sense? Yep. All right. When you're, yes. If you're in, you go. Don't stop. Yep, it, just go. Wherever you're going, go. So and then you got those guys that are coming in that are like yelling at you, oh, which I don't give a don't shit. Even Go ahead and yell. I don't, yeah, can't they don't even, even read the pattern, and it's like, dude, I was going. This guy's going after me. Then he goes. Then he. Then then you go. It's wild. Holding signs with politicians at Kelly Square and uh, Grafton Square was was kind of like every, like every other minute. I was like, okay, if you get in power, we got to do. We got to put up a sign right there. Like let people know that they have right away. Right, dude. It's it's tough, dude. It's fucking tough. The, the one at Kelly Pe- uh, in Kelly Peanut, I realized we need um, so the. The one in front, the the, the 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 stand thing in front of um the Vernon. So if you're going all the way around, uh, like you want to go uh, like down water. Uh, I don't appreciate, yeah. you know, going was it west towards Auburn, right? Come off the Kelly Square exit, and I got to go to Vernon, and now you want me to go all down through the peanut and all that just to go yeah. up the street. So I got a- an option: go t- Kelly Square or go Grafton, and either way, yo. It's it's hell. You fucking went my commute. Bro. It's hell, dude. And and since we're on the topic, can we talk about fucking Mill Street? Yes, please. Dude, the worst atrocity to ever cross my eyes. Wait, before or now? Now, dude. Really? What is happening to it? There's parking. Why is there parking on Mill Street? So is that the answer for narrowing it? Uh, so so the short. Okay, so first and foremost. You have to understand how bad it was before. Not just speedway wise, yeah, yeah, yeah. not just, be- but but like statistically speaking, that style of road and Chandler right. is bad. Yeah, for accidents, absolutely. It, well, it's accident pedestrian. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it, it is accident like prone. yeah. So and Route Nine. Yeah, well, Route Nine less so. There's a divider, it's no and it's it's a the divider makes a huge difference. Yeah, because like, you can't just walk across like right. Whereas like on Mill Street, you could li- yeah, you literally run to that little grass patch. I've yeah. done it a million times. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
And so, anyways, uh, as far as I don't know why there's a parking. I haven't actually. I've, I don't even know if I've gone on Mill Street since it's done, since it's been redone. Dude, it's rough. Well, so first and foremost, it is being. It is. Uh, they're re, they're finishing up a few lines. Hopefully, okay. hopefully Friday. Thank uh, God. It, so it's kind of funny. Uh, they had to. <laughs> no, it's, uh, it has to be above forty degrees for them to paint. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So, like, okay. that's why it hasn't happened yet. Yeah, um, yeah it's been a little bit chilly. That makes sense. Uh, but, but it's, so, I, I don't know. I haven't actually gone on Mill Street, but it's, one, the bike lanes. That's a huge thing that yeah, people I've are Yeah, seen the bike lanes. Yep, seen the bike lanes. Um, and it, it, it wasn't safe for pedestrians. So, as far as, par- so, I, when you say parking in the middle, is it in the middle of the road, or is it just on the side of the road? It's like, so, you know how it used to be two lanes, and now it's one lane. Like, Mill Street is essentially one lane now. So, this is but, like Boston, if I understand correctly. Um, uh, take, take me to a road. Take so, to uh, going to Webster's, not Webster, sorry, uh, Harvard Square, um, along uh, MIT, there's okay. similar, I think, so bike protected, sorry, parking protected bike lanes. And it's weird as fuck, because, but they have, they yeah. have little, uh, holes. Yeah, but they have, yeah, or they'll have that little, like, cement lip that's like, yeah, I know, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. So this, I can see maybe if that's what they're trying to do with this, but the way that it is, it's just so, like, from my mind, I've driven down Mill Street. I've probably spent days of my life on Mill yep. Street, literally driving. So for to go for a two lane to one lane, and then you see these just like blocks of what are literally parking spaces, and then the bike lane. It's just so fucking confusing. So I I don't so I guess mostly what I'm trying to say is sure it might be so think of it this like Kelly Peanut it might be confusing but <laughs> it also might be a huge fucking improvement yeah mm. definitely not traffic wise but safety wise I could see it no it's not about traffic it, so yeah. so I I almost I I cut myself I, I spoke about this at City Hall on Tuesday in public comment um, because someone asked for it to be go they, they someone asked for it to be go before the committee to discuss yeah uh, which would effectively just fucking hold it up longer yeah. Um, which was like upsetting. Like all of your complaints are going to get worse if you, if this gets held up. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Anyways, well, what I, I uh, someone mentioned how they'd only seen one biker on it, and I was like, let, let, let's wait till we have actual data. Um, yeah. But more importantly, uh, the, I wanted to say, like, look, guys, if you didn't want to have to deal with this, then maybe we shouldn't have had so many developers coming in and bringing in people who drive. Like, so what it really comes down to is this is long term. So one, think about it this way: in five, ten years, Worcester should be a place where people don't have to have a car. Yeah. And yep, that nice. is a huge step in that direction. Now there is a really solid bike route from Tatnik to Park. Yeah. Um. So, I don't know. I. 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 I my next thing is how are we going to uh, set up scooters? You know, if, if Seattle can do it, we should. Yeah. Uh, never mind scooters. Here's the next thing we actually fucking need: bike locks everywhere, like yeah. bike racks, library. Yeah. Like there should be fifteen. Yeah, there should already be bike racks, but my. My thing is, have you, like, I know you walk a lot. I, I drive a lot. You yeah. drive a lot? I mean, I drive much. too. I just, so I walk this because... is, where are all these cars going to go? Like, it, it's already congested. Where are they going to go? How is, I so, mean, I guess it's going to, you're just going to get used cars. to taking longer to get where you got to go. Because the majority of people I'm meeting in Worcester these days, not the majority, I'm meeting many people in Worcester who came here from Boston or Seattle or, like, people are getting priced out of the rest of the country and moving to Worcester. Yeah. Which is, you know, objectively cool for Worcester, but also, I guess what I'm really trying to say is, that's all, that's about to get a lot worse. Like, where that development um, uh, at the beginning of Shrewsbury Street next to 290, oh. 
I see this and Shrewsbury like Street's about to get what, as bad as Grafton. Two or three more popping up in Kelly Square too. This is gonna be a lot of cars around here. So, so the reason I walk, so I have a car. I have a 2022 HRV that's got like under thirty thousand miles on it, and the reason I I walk is because it's good for my mental health. Right. But not just that. Driving through this fucking city is bad for it. Bad for it, literally, <laughs> dude. It is oh. bad. You're right about that. Road rage uh, is something else, bro. I mean, it's not well, even I, just... I feel like I have road depression, so no. I yes. yes. I have, like, road de- I I'll think, just be sitting there yeah. like, why me? And it's gotten <laughs> even worse, too. You know how many people I see on their phones? And Ugh. I'm not trying I mean, to be like, you know, you know, I don't know. Yeah. It's just, it, you don't know how to drive without your phone. Right, 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 right. So <laughs> like right, right. you well, shouldn't be, and it's not like they're just on a call. Like they're sitting there on social media, so I don't know what they're doing, <laughs> but they're not paying attention to the fact that the light just turned green. You see that all and the time, and it blows my mind. And it's like, bro, like so, especially that Lincoln honest, Square light. That shit's oh, long enough as it is. I don't need you making me lose three seconds off that bitch. Right, I'm not trying to catch <laughs> you know, it again. You know, I I don't know if I really, am, I'm not good at focusing on the road if I'm not also texting or something. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. actually an issue. Like, I, I need to be looking at multiple things. So I, I don't anymore, I, and I made sure to never be... Sc- I did catch myself scrolling Facebook and was like, no, 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 bad idea. Can't be driving through Worcester scrolling Facebook. Yeah. Right, right, right. Uh, but responding oh, to... Te- but But I used to text and drive pretty much all the time, and I don't know, it's not a... Obviously, this is unsafe and you shouldn't, um, but frankly, I think I was paying more, more attention to the road uh, than I would have otherwise. Because, like, I have to glance back and forth every right, single right. time. You're not, and, like, zoning out. Right, right, right exactly. Right, right, that's, right, right. So I'm not and saying And I'm going to be real. Right. I've done it, too. Like, I'm not a saint. But so, well, I just I don't it, think it's a good oh, practice no, it's for any of us. Because, yeah, no, like no. I said, we're not the best drivers. I once got a commercial. A more so than others. Yeah. yeah. I once got a commercial uh, ad for uh, someone called, like, a radio com- Um, I don't remember what station it was. But they called me, and they wanted to do a Hamilton Computer per- Repairs ad um, as a sponsor of a of a no texting and driving thing, and I literally said to the guy, "Am I being punked?" Because like, <laughs> uh, you must have seen like, me you texting know and driving <laughs> down the street. Right? No, no, he was just trying to sell ads. <laughs> <laughs> That's some of it. Yeah. So uh, we were talking about public personas, and yeah. um, I want to go back to that and talk about effectively. I don't know. Tell us about what you have done to become who you are in um, your. Uh, in, in, in um, your media. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. So Manny J Media. Boop, boop, boop. Um, yes, thank you. It's what I do, uh, who I am, and it's my life, and I love it, and I wouldn't trade it in for the world. Um, let me, I'll take you way back, right? So I can't believe I was in high school already, like, 20 years ago. That shit's crazy. Like, time flies. I went to college, actually, to be a history teacher. No shit. Completely different than what I do now. I love uh, that. Listen. I genuinely love that, and that is makes it makes so much more sense that yeah. you're so good at what you do. Keep yeah. going. So, I mean i I love I love to talk. I've always got in trouble in school because I was always talking to everybody, and mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I like to inform people and you know just be the first one to let everybody know what's going on and things like that. Um, this was like a lifelong thing. My grades were terrible because I wouldn't shut the fuck up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just what it was. Um, but, you know, as I got into high school, I was like, I, and I grew up in the Valley, and I saw a lot of how people, different ways people chose to go, and it was never an option for me because my mom, she'll tell you straight up today, she's a G, she'll tell you, she believed in child abuse, and she meant that shit, and she abused 
us when she had to. <laughs> word, word, I've word. gotten into a public <laughs> argument with her about this. Yeah. It is what it is. I never had to put my hands on my kids, so I was able to stop that, you know, and not move it forward. I, I was able to apply things differently, so, you know, thank God that it turned out that way, but I don't know. It, did it work? Maybe. Right. I've seen a lot of my friends that end up in jail. I've seen a lot of my other friends end up in other situations that, thank God, I didn't have to go down mm-hmm. those roads. Um, but that's not to say I was perfect. I ended up doing a lot of fuck shit. Um, you know, I I was smart enough to go to college. Like, I got my shit together in high school enough to be able to go to Fitchburg State College. At the time, it wasn't university. And I got there, and first of all, I didn't do shit. Like, I was a very good kid for the most part, except I didn't shut up. But, like, yeah. I wasn't a troublemaker. Like, I wasn't into drugs or nothing like that. Yeah. I didn't even smoke my first blunt until after I graduated high school. Then I got to college, and I don't know. I was just one of the cool kids, Yeah, and I fucked off a lot, yeah, a lot. And I also, I think I got jaded off of my my trajectory. Yeah. I, was like, I, I got to college, and I learned so much about history, because remember, I wanted to be a history teacher. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Nobody taught this me this is, shit. What? This is bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? This is not what I learned. <clears throat> yeah. Yo, you already had me fucked up with Santa Claus, right? But yeah, I got right. over that. Right. And I was <laughs> like, all right, is. Santa ain't real. Right? Yeah. And then I was like, you know, when I was able to connect dots as I got older, I was like, all right, Jesus ain't a white man. I get it. Right. Hair, of, hair of, of wool, skin of bronze. Then I get to college and I, I realized... Every fucking part of American and basically Eurocentric history is a goddamn lie. And so I was like, what am I going to do? I can't teach this shit. I can't. Yeah. Like, and I have to follow a a curriculum, right? Like, how do you do that? Yeah. Fast forward and long story short, there is a way to do it. But back then I didn't realize like. Yeah. And so I'm seeing all this shit. I'm like, I'm not doing this. And I'm living in the dorms, and again, I'm one of the cool kids, and I didn't know what to do, so I was like, you know, I'll just do the bare minimum, get through the year, and party. And so that's what I chose to do. Yeah. And I fucked off a lot, had a great time. Um, Did you graduate? I did not graduate. I ended up getting... Do you regret that? Not at all. Good. Keep going. I ended up getting a 2.7 GPA for the year, my first year, which... I ended up losing my financial aid or whatever happened. And um, I went home, got a job. My mom was ill, too, so I decided to just get a job, take care of her. Not that it was her fault that I didn't go Right, back. right, right. But it was just a, like, you know what? Thing. Let me just do, handle these couple things, and then I'll go back when I'm ready, which never happened. So if you really yeah. want to go to college, like, go and just stay get it over yeah, with. Yeah, yeah don't, it. don't do that whole year-round yeah. bullshit because it doesn't. That's not a right. It's not life. That's not life. That's not life. Um, but I'm not mad I did because I got a lot of things. I worked on me. I worked on me. And you also figured out that that in the, the, you weren't, I don't know, you figured out that wasn't for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I realized that I needed to actually think about what I wanted to do with my life because here's the thing. You know, at least in the Worcester public school system and growing up, with the people that I grew up around, it was like, get a job, make money, have a family, be successful, 
you know, like, get married. Like, these are all the things that you got to do to, like, have this great American dream of a life. Right? Uh, and then I realized... The American dream's a lie? A huge lie. You know? Um, and there was a whole bunch of things I went through in my childhood, which I'm not going to bore you with the details. But, you know, there was a lot of things that we all go through as children. And yeah. we overcome and we become adults and we carry some of that shit with us. And so... Trauma. <laughs> trauma. Leaving college was um, where instead of focusing on, like, career and books and, like, being distracted, I was able to, like, face that trauma. Um, and granted, it happened over a long time, like, 20 years, but <laughs> I'm still getting over it. Yeah, um, no. Hey, man, it's, it's a, a life- lifelong. It's a li- yeah. Took the words out of my mouth. <laughs> you know? Um, but I, I went and did the things I thought I had to do. Like, there was my son, for example, he... I don't really tell the story often, but it's kind of tragic in the sense that going back to the manipulation thing, I was often like questioned about my sexuality and stuff growing up, and that that also comes from childhood trauma. Right. Um, and of course, I was in denial of anything other than like straight cis male because that's right. what I was supposed to be. Right. Like Puerto Rican. Anybody, like, around me, you either get got roasted real bad where they wanted to make you cry, or you got beat up. Like, it was just things where it was like, that was just not the lifestyle back then in the 90s that we fucked with. You don't right. do that. And if you did, it was definitely closeted, quiet, behind doors. Like, you don't talk about it, you know? Um, so, I one day I was just, like, really in my head, and I was praying to God, and I was like, yo, I need help. I need to get through this, like figure it out because I'm so lost and everything is just so crazy for me. Like show me what I'm supposed to do because I don't know. I'm, I'm battling like what's in my mind and what I perceive as reality, which, um, what's the, what's the word? Um, when you, when you reveal the end of a movie, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Thank yep. you. I was, I was the one in reality. Yeah. <laughs> um, so how do you how, how did you handle that realizing that your narrative your internal narrative that you had been conflicted by because it it, it conflicted with because yeah. everything you were hearing and seeing outside of mm. your head are conflicted with it yeah. uh, your internal narrative was was valid and legitimate and always had been how did well, you what, what did you do from there well well I had my son uh, my son was born was so God showed me this this lady mm-hmm. she had the biggest crush on me and I didn't have a crush on her. Sorry, I, I love you now. But <laughs> yeah. Love and a crush are two separate Listen, things. You know what I'm saying? Um, and so, but I, I said to myself, that's why you are the way you are. God's given you something and you're trying to reject it because you don't like maybe the appearance of it, for example. You know what I'm trying yeah. to say? Um, and so I was like, this is what you're supposed to do. And so I created my family. And so my son was born more out of like, me trying to find myself than it was like a plan. It like, is so great to hear someone say that yeah. because you know how many people don't say that. Really? Yeah. Yeah. People don't want to admit to being selfish. At the end of the day, I was a lost soul trying to find myself, and I thought being a dad would give me purpose and help me find myself. That's why and, so many people have children. Yep. I mean, I guess it kind of did, but it wasn't just that. It was growth, maturity. Age, wisdom, yeah. right? You, you live through shit, experience. I mean, this is like you giving yourself deadlines. You created an yeah. environment where you had, where you didn't have a choice but to be responsible. Yeah, 
Right. And and part of it too was I was trying to prove to everybody around me that I wasn't gay. Um, that yeah, that's yeah, why yeah, I brought yeah. up the whole sexuality thing earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So makes sense. you know what I mean. There was just a lot of like external. It what I just feel like. The ideal way of having kids, and this is like probably like a romantic, like archaic way of thinking in Hollywood, right? Yeah. Is you fall in love, you get yeah. married, the kid is born out of a magical spark of yeah, love, get right? The house. <laughs> like yeah. the whole night, right, right, right. Dogs, right. And then you commit to each other for the rest of your lives because that's right. the sensible thing to do. And yeah. then I was like, no, I'm going to show everybody, and you know, I ultimately I only ended up showing myself, which is right. a good thing. That's all that matters at the end of the day, right? Um. So that's all to say that, you know, life kicked me in the balls like it does everybody time and time again. I got yeah. to where I was in 2019. I was suicidal. Just didn't want to live anymore. My son was like, he was uh, 13, I think. No, 12. And he's like, yo, dad. Like, I was a helicopter dad, kind of smothered my kids, stuff yeah. like that. He's like, yo, go get a life, <laughs> essentially. He's like, I'm getting older. I don't need you, like, jocking me. Like, go do something with yourself. Get a hobby. Yeah. And um, I didn't know how to handle that. And I kind of like panicked and was like, what the fuck am I going to do? I think yeah. it's time to die. Like, you know, having yeah. a midlife crisis at 35, I don't know. <laughs> I was bugging. Um, and so my mom's friend who worked at the Kiva Center in Worcester, hmm. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar, Kiva Centers, I believe they're located on Maine and Franklin? That's Foster? Sounds- one of those, Maine and something. They used to be on Shrewsbury it's, Street. Yeah, they're right above Dunkin' Donuts. I know that much. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Maine, Maine and, I don't know, Maine and Pleasant. <laughs> yeah, so so this yeah. dude, Mike, um, Mike McGinnis, he had a show at Unity Radio. Yeah. And that day when I was, like, having, like, this nervous breakdown, he's like, yo, just come with me, just chill with me. Like, he was keeping an eye on me, basically. And he's like, just come see what I do. You know, I work at a radio station, you might like it. And I swear that was divine intervention because yeah. I I did I did work at the radio station in college um, for a little while. That's part of the, what I left out of the story, too. But um, I loved it. and But I never thought I could be, like, in radio. Be yeah, DJ working in it like and that. doing like, it are two separate things. Right. Yeah. Um, so I've anyway. described you as having a radio personality many times since You think then. so? Oh, absolutely. Like, Bro. I mean, I, I didn't necessarily mean it as a good thing, but it is. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, like, the way you talk on air is 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 not something most people can do. Like, have you ever got, heard someone aud- um, auction? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah. how, I like, can't do that. Yeah, I, mean, no, no, I, I can't do that. It's impressive yeah. and amazing, but I never really, you know, it's it, like, it's a skill. Yeah. Anyways, no, you've totally got it naturally. Like, really? you've got a radio voice, radio attitude. Yes. I appreciate that because I feel like I'm bullshitting every day. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, seriously, as a creative, like, yeah. and you know I respect the hell out of you. Like, yeah. first of all, you, you know how long we go back and, right, and I right. met you and I've always been like a big um, Stan Capital fan. You yeah, know, I'm course, not yeah. even alive. I love what you guys do. I love what you represent as artists and the positivity you bring to hip hop, but also you keep the real and the grime, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but don't you ever doubt yourself? Like, am oh, yeah. I really doing this? Like, do they really love me the way they're showing? Like, they they're showing me love, but is that real? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. One thousand percent. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, just the it's almost the, like the imposter syndrome thing. You know, right? So for me, like, it doesn't happen so much more with with my raps because of how I kind of found myself. Like, grew, grew the fuck up and found myself. Yeah. When I was rapping about, like, video games and comic books, 1,000%, we were looked at, like, like 
lesser than rappers, you know what I mean? Because it was like, we didn't really have anything that we could connect to what people identified as hip-hop, yet we, we were just really nerdy fucking kids. Um, and then as an adult, really just like going back to PR, every time I go back to PR, like people see me and like, you know, I'm the first to tell you I'm Puerto Rican, but like yeah. I still can't speak fluent. Like so Spanish, I feel you know what I mean, bro. and I and, and I wasn't born on the island. I didn't grow up on the island, right? But I make it a point to go every year, so it's like I still have that like tickle in the back of my fucking brain that it's like slight imposter vibe, you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. But it's like I know that there's only so much of my control, and I'm right. still staying true to myself. So I, like sometimes I'm hard on myself, but I try to remind myself it's like, dude, like it's not like you're out here faking the funk, like. Yeah. Cause there's plenty of motherfuckers out here faking the funk like yeah, crazy, like truly faking, That's, like honestly, just actually I mean, in it, the legitimate I, definition of faking, and it's like, dude, for what? I guess I'm just good at improvi- improvisation. Well, so that's what I want. So a lot of people are faking it until they make it, and yeah. I don't know if there's a giant difference between that and what we're doing of figuring it out as we go until we are there. Right. I mean, I I think there's similarities for sure. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Uh, but I think the key is, uh, first of all, talent. You have to have a, some kind of talent for it. Not everyone can just talk, right? Not everyone yeah. can. And even if they do talk, it, it may sound weird. It's, it's not like a flow get to up it, on right? stage Just like not everybody can rap. Or, I should yeah. fucking rap. Yeah. And, and if I tried to rap, you're going to know I can't rap. I should try sometime. That'll you be know? great. And, and I do. I can I can absolutely rhyme words together, yeah, things write, like write, that. Write a little but song. it's an artistry between being able to rhyme or even write poetry and rap. It's two completely yes. different things, you know? Um, and I will reveal myself as a fraud real quick if I try. <laughs> right, right, right. So, I mean, I, I guess I hear what you're saying. And it's funny because when I first got at Unity Radio, Ernie, uh, shout out to Ernie Floyd, Director of Unity Radio, um, still doing big things over there. Um, he needed help. He was a teacher in Springfield, and he needed somebody to like man the station, essentially. And he's like, well, you don't have a life. You need a life. Because I told him about what I just told you, and he's like, well, how about you just come and like use this as like your therapeutic outlet? And I was like, great idea. And so <laughs> I did that. And... So at the time, Hank Stoltz was, he had his morning show there um, with Ben White. And so Ben White was the one who actually trained me in, like, on the soundboard and essentially production, I guess you can call it. But it was, like, very, like, Like basic. Basic, basic. Like, all I had to do was, you know, move a couple sliders and, uh, you know, maybe press the answer the phone button. So, very basic stuff, but... But essential a, stuff. Essential, right. You have to start somewhere, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, my first AV thing was manning the spotlight at my high school, but, like, yeah. I was the person once I was taught how to do that. Yeah. It goes a long way. And, and it sure did. And so, you know, Ben told me those, taught me those things, but then um, they ended up leaving to wherever they are now. Um, oh, man, I don't even remember. It's not that big a deal, but... I was basically left behind with just, like, two or three shows that Ernie had um, 
his show, Unity in the Community. We had a sports show, and then we had Cannabis 101 with Mike McBride. That was a dope show. You came on that show, didn't you? Yeah. Cannabis 101? So. You showed so. how did. Um, dope show. We had some great times over there, didn't we, bro? Yeah. Oh, no, man. it was so, nice. It was a nice little vibe. It, it was a great beginning to, to my story. So anyway, um, I ended up taking what was essentially a, a, a white... <laughs> a white conservative talking head type radio station that no one listened to to bring in the community. in, I brought in people like Poppy pay who is the current owner or who is the owner of the, the Worcester majors now. Um, and we had his show five Oh eight live, um, mill St. John. He was a, a motivational speaker in the community. Um, he came in and did his show, the revive effect. Um, and then we just had a lot of, uh, a, a much more diverse population of people um, that came into where we were doing 13 shows a week and I was producing all this and then we'd add different elements. So that's where we started the whole Facebook live thing. Yeah. Um, shout out to Cammie Baker. <coughs> if you don't know who she is, go look her up. Um, Google her. C-A-M-Y-B-A-K-E-R. Yes. She came uh, in to do her show and she's like, why don't we do this on Facebook? Blah, blah, blah. I was like, why didn't I think of that? Yeah, so I'm not actually the, the, the brainchild behind that. She was. Um, but My inspiration comes from somewhere. I, I didn't start streaming things until I saw how much people were watching your stuff. Yeah. Thank you. That's awesome to me. Well, no, I mean, you, you were making a very visible difference because people were getting involved in local politics by through yeah. your stream. Yeah. yeah. Like, and my only complaint is that you can't be at every meeting, and that's why I'm... It, like, it's hard, and yeah. I appreciate you stepping up. I saw your post, I shared it, I loved it, and yes, I, I'm reaching out to everybody who can hear me right now. Like, if you can do anything to help this movement, it's so important, just because it's all about taking control of our own lives. But um, just to try to speed up, <laughs> get um, to where we are today a little bit faster. Um, you know, you outgrow places, You you, and, and that's a good thing, right? You... You learn all these great tools of how to do things and you apply them. And sometimes where you're at, they're not necessarily ready for where you're going. And you got to go and let them stay where they're at and do what they do where they're at. Because that's going to be good for somebody else who isn't yet where you are. Right. If that makes sense. You're you know touching on something that's amazing and incredible. And uh, yes, they're, yeah. at, they're at where they're supposed to be at and trying to get them to where you're at you know is only saying? detrimental to their path. So and it's like... 100%. Why, and why and even, where why they're at is where it. they're supposed to be. Right. So Ernie is where he's supposed to be and I'm supposed to be where I'm supposed to be. Precisely. So, so I moved through another platform and then that didn't work out either because, again, yeah, sometimes you just got to keep it moving. And I was like, I'm not doing this again. I I took Unity Radio from like I don't know man I think it was like three hundred followers to thirty five hundred followers in six months. I did the same thing for the other platform I was on, um, and then I was like, if I'm doing that for them, like I might as well just build my own already. Well, that's kind of a lie because <laughs> I had influences, of course. Um, shout out to my boy Cole. Shout out to Q and Jarabel of Waves New Age. Um, oh, they're wonderful. I got into another bout of depression after leaving Unity Radio. Because of a whole, this is a whole other story I'm not going to get into, but I was off the map for three three months straight. I just would not talk to nobody. I just disappeared. Mm-hmm. I was like, I need to stop, like, reset and figure out what's going on. Because at <coughs> Unity Radio, I was the problem. Everybody looked at me like I was a problem. Um, 
And and I was even told I was a liability to mm. Unity Radio. When in reality, reflecting on it and taking you ownership were, and accountability. Thank you. But <laughs> I was also begging for help and I wasn't getting it. And so I you can only ask for something so many times before you start begging for it, before you start lashing out, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I needed help. And it came to a point where it was like they wanted to pay me, but they couldn't pay me unless I acted the way they wanted me to act. And I was like, but, bro, let's not do that. And let's just get me somebody to help me. Right. And that might adjust my attitude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, know, yeah. Like, take the money you want to give me and go hire someone to help me. Oh, but we got interns for you. David, have you dealt with, inter- have you dealt with interns, bro? Right, dude. You know what interns like, mean? It's just more work. That's double the amount more of effort. Work. Because now I'm teaching them how to do the job that I could already just do. Yeah. And then I got to watch them do it and make sure that they execute right. And if they don't execute right, then guess what? I got to do gotta it anyway. do the job anyways, and now this person's just here. So yep. it's like, you know, it, it got me to a point where essentially because of that, but also because I knew that it, that, you know, I believe that the universe does some things to you, right? Because you get comfortable where you're at. I was comfortable at Unity Radio. I, I got my following there. I got my respect from the community there. Um, and I was chilling. I was like king of the station. Essentially, I was the station manager. I was chilling, comfortable. Yeah. And then I think the universe, God, call it whatever you want. I don't really subscribe to religion. I just know that there's a greater force out there driving a lot of shit. Yeah. Um, was like, bro, you got to go, and pushed me out. And then I went through some other things, and I realized I need to do this for myself. And then I ended up hooking up with my first business partner, John, John Keo. Shout out to my man, John. Great guy. Um, and he really encouraged me to be like, bro, we could turn this into a business, like, you need to stop working for free. Oh, by the way, did I mention the 100-plus hours a week that I was working at Unity <coughs> Radio for free? And that's not to, like, talk shit or disparage no, no. them. That's just to say that's where my passion was at. That's how I realized, bro, this is for me. This is who I am. Like, right. if I can be put, that put this myself. much time into this. For someone else. That means I love it. Yeah. That part. That means I love this. Yeah. You feel me? Like, I love this. Like, it was that and my kids. I would go there and then go to my kids. And that was every day. And I know yeah. what you know what I'm talking about. Like, yeah. you go to the, your your two loves, your family, yep. and then your, your creative your passion, passion. You know? I mean, sometimes you might go out for, you know, go eat out. But for the most part, that's what you're doing. Right, right, right. right? Um, so then John, he ended up finding Leanne, who's our, we have an accountant. Like, how dope is that to say? Right. They're not cheap. No. <laughs> so, but they're necessary. And she does not. To, all I want to say is she's a blessing. Yeah. You know, sometimes I brag about my blessings too much and it gets me in trouble. So I'm really trying to be careful of what I'm saying. Yeah. But I'm sure y'all can connect yeah. with me here. She's a blessing. And, you know, um, she keeps us organized. She she does everything for the business in the back end that makes us an actual business aside from right, right, right. the creative aspect yeah, that I do. the paperwork. You know? Um, but essentially the need for the business or the, the, the purpose of the business in my mind is out of what I saw was a need for actual, responsible, transparent, 
I hate to say journalism because I don't see myself as a journalist, but um, access. Yeah, a lens. A lens, right. I I look at myself as like a window. Um, And it started with the Unity Radio thing. And then when I started going out like with the Black Lives Matter rallies and stuff like that, I was like, you know, uh, I was thinking of like my mom who was home and she wasn't able to get to these places and she wanted to be part of it in the community and stuff like that. And I was like, well, if I could do it in the studio, I could just take my phone because I have Facebook Live and go and do the same thing, but share it on the studio's page yeah, to make it look official. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was that part, being out in the community, everything just blew the fuck up. And yeah. I, I think um, people. But I mean, at that point, you were ready for it too. You were yeah. bringing some. You, you had, were bringing a refined product that people wanted and needed. Yeah, and and but it's funny because at this point, I still wasn't comfortable in front of a mic. Never mind on camera. <laughs> um, yeah. That all came with time. Um, I would talk to everybody who came on the show because behind the the producers that's got a mic, um, never really used it. But I would talk to people and give my two cents, and then like, bro. Why don't you say that on air? What are you doing? And so slowly but surely, I, I grew the balls to start going, because I hated my voice. And mm, part of yeah. it is childhood trauma. They used to call me Mickey Mouse growing up because I had like, this, this real high, squeaky voice. And so I just I had a hatred for my voice, and I just didn't want to do it. Um, but then when I started doing it, I started getting compliments mainly about what I was saying, not how I was sounding. Right, right, right. And I was like, I bet this is more important. more attention to it. I actually have something that people want to hear, so Thanks. you know, and and you know, gassed me up a little bit, boosted my ego, and I was like, "All right, let's do this. Let's see where we go with this." Um, and then, same thing with the on camera thing. I just kind of got pushed into it until <laughs> I was just like, "And yo, <coughs> if I can credit the other um, platform I was on, which fuck it, I'll say it. Shout out to What's Up Worcester for if I wasn't there, that's who pushed me in front of the camera." Because, yeah. you know, they wanted that that on-air um, persona, like that in front of the camera. Yeah, the, the feeling, the feeling. Like, yeah, feel guy, like just to, you know what I'm saying? So I was like, Man all right. Feel. Boots and, on the ground. And I'm I'm one, you give me a challenge, I'll take it, and I'll go, I'll run with it and see right. what happens. So um, I ran with it, and it, it worked, and people loved it. And, bro, the the... John hooked us up with the politicians at What's Up Worcester, and we started just interviewing people, Robin Kennedy amongst them, mm-hmm. and Joe Petty, and um, the uh, Jeff Deal running for governor of Massachusetts, Republican, like, me? Who the fuck am I? Mm-hmm. I'm interviewing a, government, govern, a nominee for governor? Right. Mm-hmm. Wild. Um, and then there was a point where, you know... Shit happens, and it all kind of just shut down for the winter, and yeah. then never opened back up. It never opened back up, but we came back as Manny J Media, and we just used the same formula that I've been carrying and building all along you since Unity this. Radio. Right, right, right. Refining it over the years. Yeah, and we start. We opened our LLC in April. Congratulations! And thank you. And we've been. We're not in the red. And, and you, so. so that's the other thing is, is, so I had a friend, okay, I've got so many different things to respond to you with this. Specifically regarding the, the, in the red thing, I had a friend who actually, uh, Elegance Piercing, um, uh, two blocks that way, uh, they've, uh, Jay is the only person who's actually done any of my piercings and he, he did my magnet like 10 years ago. 
uh, and I've uh, been suspended from deep sea fishing hooks in his backyard. So he's like overqualified for you know years. But anyways, he um he, he's amazing, and that's elegance piercing. He used to work in Northampton and was making a lot of money there. And he talked to me before opening his own shop, and I tried to explain to him ahead of time like you need to not view running your own business as the same financially as having a job because revenue effectively like the it's, it never actually works out that way like you guys are going to have significantly increasing revenue you'll get more sponsors you'll figure out additional revenue streams etc cetera, etc cetera. your costs go up with it yeah. uh, you know you, eventually you need more people and then like you know that like exponent anyways this is all more money more problems right biggie said it best <laughs> yeah so uh <laughs> that doesn't necessarily go away and what it comes down so one uh, there's a book called profit first by mike mccallowitz which is a, a profit it's a Bookkeeping model that is based on entrepreneur psychology rather than, uh, you know, a T-chart. Um, so, in other words, it, it, it accounts for uh, the Pareto principle of, uh, you know, you have – if you have 20 bucks, you're going to think about how can you use 20 bucks. If you right. give yourself 300, you'll think about how you can use 300. Right. Um, it factors that in and effectively – it's like the envelope method but for small business. Um, you know, like separating out things by percentages. So, in other words, if you start that now, you'll be way better off. Whereas in like five to ten years, uh, you're in my situation and fuck because you like doing that afterwards when you are. So in other words, the fact that you already have an accountant puts you light years ahead of most businesses. Like, you know, your numbers. I'm so blessed. Thank you, Leanne. I love you. I really am. Yeah, that's part of the reason I'm in this big of a mess is I I have someone who does my uh, my taxes and he's amazing. But unfortunately, making sure I don't get audited and let, helping me know how much I'm I'm making are two very, 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 very separate things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so uh, I wanted to talk about uh, <coughs> about growth zones. I learned the concept recently. Um, it was actually in a racial equity uh, training on uh, talking about systemic issues and. Um, this was about explaining this to people because, you know, those are a really uncomfortable, difficult topic. And if you're explaining things to people, they have to get past shame and guilt and a lot of other. So, you know, they might need to. Anyways, you have to keep them in the growth zone for that conversation. If you right. if you make them feel too shameful, they can't learn. They go past the growth zone to the danger zone. So getting them out of the, the comfort zone is actually not that difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, but... What I've realized is I was systematically pushing people into the danger zone because I was finding people who really wanted to learn. They like they're, they're like you. They like a challenge. So that's the other thing. Uh, you need challenges in your life. Same same thing here. Like if it's not it's not interesting to me if it's easy right. and everything becomes easy after a long enough time frame. So what am I going to do next? Right. Um, so in other words, one thing you should acknowledge is that as great as this is, it is going to be boring for you in a year or two, and that will never stop. How do you mean? I mean, look at everything else you've ever done. Oh, you think that I'm going to just find something else to do? No, 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 no. I think you're going to say, I know everything about this. It's no longer interesting. I'm great at it. Everyone loves me. I'm doing amazingly. What am I going to do? I don't fucking know. Tell me in two years. Yeah. I guess we'll have to come back. (laughs) Probably create a TV show. Yeah. Yeah. Well, (laughs) interesting you say that. We're (laughs) we're actually working on a a lot of other things. So just real quick before we move on, I did want to say like exactly what we do, um, mainly we're out in the community providing access, awareness, information, and education. And I wanted to talk real quick about what I do. We were talking about this the other night at the village. I have, like, this um, insecurity about people perceiving me a certain way because I sit on these I sit on these interviews with these people who, let's be real, they're not exactly for a lot of our best interests, right? Good, but I good sit way to next it. to them like we're friends, like, you know, I, I fuck with y'all. Like, yeah. we, we just, we people in the hood. Like, we, this is community. This is right. community, right? Yeah. 
what I talk about on air with a lot of politicians, we talk about community and stuff, but that's different than this, right? right. This is just people who work here, live here. <coughs> um, for a long time, I questioned some politicians, for example, Christian King. And he told me, he was like, bro, you want me to have a seat at the table and be able to fight for the, the shit that we need to get done? Or do you want me to fight for everything that I want done? I didn't really understand what he meant when he yeah. said that until I got in the game. That's a bar. Right? And, word, bro, put me on. I'll stand capital. <laughs> I'll be on your next album now. Just wait. <laughs> nah, but, um, you know, so when I got in this, I realized that people talk to me because of how I am with them because of the rapport I build with them and because I humanize everybody. I treat everybody with a certain level of dignity and respect. And I, it's, it goes back to my brown housing days and getting what I want. And what I want is for you to talk. And you're not going to talk if I come at you all hard, like rah, 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 pointing in your face and, you know, um, Telling you everything about yourself that I may think about you. What do you mean? Is that why I'm not getting good results? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. You, you could, you can be a bit abrasive. abrasive it's the, the nicest you know? way I've heard it phrased in the past week. Yeah. But here's another thing. You know, somebody told me, or, or no, I, they, I don't think they told me. I might have heard it somewhere um, that, you know, why when there's riots or whatever, particularly in black communities, they feel the need to go loot and set shit on fire and, and whatever. Like, how do, they, how do you think they're making a point, right? I, particularly after you, you, the police officer killed an unarmed black man. So this is nothing new, right? And I often think about in slavery, in the days of slavery, they tried to tell you, right? When they were when you were dragging them on the ships with those trains and, and they weren't willingly going, you were dragging them. They tried to tell you. All the way up to two hundred years later, civil rights era, when they were swinging from trees, they tried to tell you. They marched peacefully. You had two different dynamics. You had Martin Luther King, you had two different extremes, right? You had uh, Malcolm X and you weren't happy with either way you killed them both I you killed both dreams no, no one who ever complains about rioting or protests was supportive of people taking a knee Danny I mean, right hip hop yeah they tried to tell them yeah. <laughs> right the birth of hip hop they tried to tell them yeah, man. you didn't hear us when we when we pulled back you didn't hear us when we screamed you didn't hear us when we preached you didn't hear us when we marched let me see if we can give you some music and get through to you. You still aren't hearing us. Yeah. It's 2023, bro, and they're still not listening, and that's a problem. Yeah. And it's wild. So what more can I do? I try to talk to you the nice way. Now I'm kicking and screaming. I'm light, lighting shit on fire because guess what? My people built this shit. Right. And if I can't have it, nobody can have it. You know what I'm saying? So it all just comes down to the fact that at the end of the day, we all just want to be heard. And we, we all aren't given that same fair opportunity 
to have access to being heard. One of my, one, uh, I had a couple awards that I'm very proud of, but the first award that I ever really got was when I was at Unity Radio. It was a Latinx um, amplifier. Latinx amplifier. The exact title, of the, but basically yeah, amplifying those, Latin voices, yeah. right? Fuck yeah! Um, through the platform of Unity Radio, like how dope was that title? And I took that shit right, seriously, right. and I still rock that shit hard today. Yeah. Um, and when people ask me what I do, like who I am, I am an amplifier for the voices of my community. That's what I do. That's who I am. And when I started the business, I started. Shout out for E for All, by the way. Um, oh yeah. Uh, my friends Margie, bro. Um, amazing, amazing person got me into E for All. Uh, met Margie through um, some people that I met at Unity Radio, Armida and Jen, Jen Hernandez. I'm sure everybody's familiar with Jen Hernandez. Um, so it's, it, by the way, it is all in who you know in life because I just keep getting introduced to people after people after people who are just like blessing me. Um, so Unity, I'm sorry, uh, E for All really taught me how to, how to monetize this and make it a business and structure it. And one of the most, because they asked me what I wanted, how I envisioned this business. And the most important thing I said was, I need to make it affordable to the community. So yes. if that means that I'm not going to be a millionaire, that's cool. That's not the point. Because the point of me building this platform to begin with was, I got tired of watching traditional media on TV or wherever. Right. And they're talking about... Our neighborhoods, gangs, drugs, murders, rapes, fire here, bullshit there, just negative, negative, negative. When I live here and I go to all these amazing places, bro, every community event, I see Danny Phantom and Stanton Capital Latinos performing for free. Sorry. Right, I right, probably right. shouldn't. <laughs> right. I get a little amped up. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. you feel me? You're giving to the community and like the backpack drives and shit. <coughs> I know yep. like you do your thing too. Yep. Like that's what I'd be talking about. I began in trouble because I'm putting everybody's business out there. But the point is, I've been seeing so many good things. Woody Adams, backpack drive. Mm -hmm. Coat drives, all that. You know, just so many things that happen that are beautiful things. Even the rallies which were peaceful, beautiful mm -hmm. rallies. And that was one of the main reasons why I wanted to make sure that I was at every single community event is because that was the other thing. I'm over here watching Fox News, Fox 25, talking about all this crazy shit is happening and riots and, all, and people acting crazy, and I'm there, and I'm not seeing any of it. And you right. get to show everyone. And I'm like, well, they're lying, because you can go see what happened in real time. And I didn't, and you know what I made, made, uh, 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 made it a point of doing every time is never talking. I wanted it to be like the fly on the wall effect. Yeah. I like, love it. You see it from your perspective. And I'm not here to try to manipulate. Yeah, you're not complicating your perspective. Yeah. 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 I haven't actually thought about that. But uh, when I'm live streaming at City Hall and whatnot, I am very specifically trying to show them the room. Like, not, it's not right. about me. It's, yes, it's my platform, but no, it's not me. It's, and, well, I feel Hall. like the most effective way of someone learning is them seeing it for themselves. Yes. Not you trying to force it on them, right? Yep. yep. So yep. that ties back to the, the comfort uh, danger zone I was talking about, you forcing it on them. So going back to you liking challenges. And mm -hmm. so what I found, especially with the mental health uh, aspect of this, is that there are a lot of people who... What? Nothing. It's, it's not you. It's, well, so I know. I'm just saying... The, I can't believe we're in 2023 and we have the... 
the the flow of information that we have, and we're st- we still act as stupid as we do. Well, so it's because it's so that that <laughs> it's because it's beneficial to the, the, the people to not talk about it. Like, how is mental health not more of a thing? Like, we're so and listen, I'm all for sex ed in schools, but I'm also for like I know what happened to me as a child, and what I went through, and what a lot of kids go through. And I also know the benefit. I would have had more of a benefit out of a mental health program in my school than I would have out of sex ed. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. what I'm, that's all I'm right, trying to right, say. Right, right, and right. I'm not saying one or the other. Have both. But you don't have anything. Mental health is just not taken seriously. And, and I strongly, I am in a strong belief that if we had mental health care, not intervention, not anything, like just care from the preschool level, where we're nurturing those young minds that are so moldable and malleable, yeah, right, that all the issues we have today could honestly be resolved because people would know how to communicate. You're fucking right. They'd know how to take care of themselves. They'd know how to They'd respect their community. They'd know how to empathy. They'd, they yeah. would have purpose and worth. You've discovered the solution to our society. Start teaching them empathy and basic life skills and right. compassion. As early and as fucking possible. Start it as early as possible. And you want to know what the problem is? Which, listen, I'm sorry, I'm taking over the no, whole no, thing. No, no, it's okay. But no, this, no, this is this yours. is going to be fascinating. Yeah. So, and the re- this, this, I'll tell you how I came to this realization. You ready for it? I wasn't fucking perfect. <laughs> 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 I experienced some shit that helped me understand what my contribution to the world's fuckery is. And so when I was younger, 24 years old, I had my son, and me and his mom didn't get along because we were fast and didn't really know each other like we should have. And, like, you know, we didn't stay with each other long enough to know that, you know, she don't like my snoring or she don't like the way I scratch my ass or whatever it is, and she caught an attitude with me and... The attitude never really went away, and it was just hard to live with each other and shit like that. And so we were very toxic to each other, and we displayed that behavior in front of our children. However, because of how I grew up, I thought that was normal. And I would always yell at my kids and, like, just be really abusive because, like I said, I used to get my ass whooped, right? Yeah, you're um, not hitting them. You're just yelling <laughs> at them. Isn't this much better? I get the. In- I- you know what I'm saying? I'm improving. I'm breaking the cycle, kind of. I had a friend who... Uh, we were both like I think I, I was. We were twenty one at the time, and she told me that she was. Um, she had uh, waited until after she had. She had had her first. She was about to have her second daughter, and it was at a older age than her mother had had her second daughter. Yeah, and I, this was something I've seen a lot of, which is neurodivergent people saying the quiet part out loud. Yeah. Like they're not. What they're saying isn't something no one else thinks. It's something no one else says. But everyone else thinks like yeah. like there's she just said what a lot of people are doing is my standards are based on my, what my parents did with me. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's usually how it is. And that's why they call it a generational curse. Um, and I was determined to break that um, because I love my son. I love and as brothers, I love them more than anything you could possibly. And just to explain a little bit why I say that. And and it matters in the name, Manny J. By the way, J is my kids, Jaden, Akeem, and Ethan. Oh, cool. And so nice. Jaden is yeah, that is dope, right? J- yeah. So Jaden's my bio boy. Um, and then Ethan and Akeem are my, my bonus sons. And Ethan was actually my first experience as a dad. He's the middle child. So to me, he's my firstborn. And me and him struggled. 
We struggled. Like, I, all the fucked up shit I did, I did with him and kind of learned that it was fucked up. So Jaden owes every good part of who I am to Ethan, and I tell him that all the time. I'm like, you better thank your brother, and I don't want to hear shit because he went through a lot of shit for you to have it this good. Um, and that's real, you know? Yeah. It, it is what it is. So, um, and then... Uh, Akeem, he's the oldest one. He was in Jamaica for a while, but we finally got him his visa, and he was able to come here. And so now they're all my boys. Um, so it, it's just how I don't know how you are, but it's it's a Latino thing too. Yeah. You know, we have it's very easy to build a family. Blood isn't always what makes us family. It's the bonds that you build, right? Yeah. Um, so when Jaden started preschool, of course, they're testing everything, right? They're, they're seeing how he's reacting and stuff like that, and they're like, yo, he's fucked up. Like, he's acting up and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, damn, so they're thinking we got ADHD. We got to bring him to the hospital. Not to the hospital, sorry. So his doctor, get him tested, and then they're talking about medication, and I was like, nah, fuck that. Let's do whatever we can because he's six. No. Five? Four? Four. Preschool's four. That's way earlier than I, I was medicated Bro. at seven. I, so I'm like, nah, we're not doing that. Let's, like... Figure everything else first. Like, let's try to apply some IEPs and stuff like that before we start entertaining medication like you're kind of bugging. Um, and, like, let's look internally as well. Let's look at the whole situation. And so they brought him to go see the psych doctor to go do, like, that little questionnaire that they do with him one-on-one. And I stayed back with the primary care, and I was like, bro, I need to have a conversation with you real quick. I said, I'm about to tell you some shit. I have anger issues. I know because me and his mom, we fight all the time, and I scream, and I yell, and I wonder how much of that has to do with what he's going through right now. Yeah. And so we talked about it, and, you know, we talked about what causes that and how I can do to address it, and, you know, obviously, long story short, I ended up doing it, but bottom line is if I wasn't honest with my doctor, which a lot of people are because of fear of, you know, DSS and all that shit getting involved, like, but... I wasn't worried about me. Yeah. I was most concerned with my child first. Right, right. And so I was like, bro, let me give you a complete, transparent, honest view of who I am to see if that helps in anything you do with him. And sure as shit, guess what the fucking problem was? <laughs> so this ties back really, really, really well. It does. So because I, so I'm dealing with a problem within my business currently that's effectively me. Uh, my management styles or lack, my, my lack of project management. And so we were talking about mental health. And what I have found is that there are a lot of people. So one, take a step further back. Most small businesses and probably large businesses are built on taking advantage of others. Like people like you who like, so usually. It's you know, I think about that all the time. Yeah. Like there's certain things I don't do. Like I won't. I refuse to put a camera on unhoused individuals. Um, unless it's pre-planned with their permit, like explicit permission because they have a project in mind that they need my help with. But I just, yeah, there's certain things like I, I, I call selling out and that's one of them. Like, no. So it's not like just doing, like doing the easy thing. I mean, like there's, there, there's like, no, most people are taking advantage. So like when I say businesses, I'm talking like shops like mine, uh, you know, or, or here's a better example. Luca, my partner, uh, has a master's degree in art therapy. When they were in, in when they were in, the, they were interning. They were doing clinical therapy as an intern um, at, at a practice. And so this per, so it wasn't just them. There's like seven other interns there. And this is so. Keep in mind, there are people who are learning to do their job, doing it for free for businesses. 
and the amount of businesses that effectively just run on uh, rotation of these of this free labor, uh, and that's how they are able to sustain themselves, yeah. is is actually really high. Yeah. So, anyways, taking a step further from that, what I've realized is can I can I yeah. just interject real quick? Please. We are currently in that wheelhouse. Um, Effectively, I'm the only one getting paid right now out of my business. Well, the reason why I'm bringing it up is because from the beginning, we made, um, as the the three of us, Leanne, John, and I, um, a promise to each other. And as the sole, I'm the only one on the LLC. Good for you. That's called exactly. But John set that up to protect me. And God bless him for um, thinking of me you know, before itself. And in return, um, when anyone who was working with or for us can't get paid, we track those hours. Good. So that when we're in a position to be able to pay them or we have a little, like, extra bit of money laying around, not that that ever really happens, but, you know, um, then we could say, hey, you know, this guy worked this many hours for us. Let's send him a check. You know, even that. though in in their mind they were doing it because they believe in what we're doing, right? Because we're doing a good thing for the community and they just want to help the cause. But it doesn't matter. For us, track those hours because we still want to make sure that you receive the value that you're bringing um, yeah. if we're able to com- compensate that. I so mean, I think for small businesses that are struggling with that, I think that's a real easy approach is to just at the very least track the hours to show the effort that you care. Yeah, I think that's a huge difference and that's way further than most places go. Yeah. Um, so I've... I've hired a few people, so I, I've, um, right, needs to take a step back and not phrase this in a way that actually talks about anyone specific. Uh-huh. That's always the hardest part. Yeah. <laughs> we wanted to throw people out there. Well, especially with business. I can't talk, anyways. So, um, where I'm going with this is that it is. Customer ain't always right either. Oh, no. Same. The customer, well, so that's the other thing. Uh, <laughs> environment. You know, I, 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 outright, I, for the longest time, I already told my front desk people that they could tell customers to fuck off if they could get away with it without getting us a negative Google review. Nah, uh, your, your front desk is dope. Oh, my front desk. Yeah. yeah no. Yeah. Very, very good, very professional people. Yeah. Um, well, they, they don't actually need to anymore, but but telling them that makes it them hate their jobs less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but uh, also, you know, provide a structure. Anyways, where I'm going with this is. Um, I hired a few assistants for a variety of things and then effectively immediately promoted them because they were doing their things. It, when I say few, I mean two. One was for graphic design, the other was handling phones. Uh-huh. And then I promoted uh, both of them to effectively, as a team, handle my, be my executive assistant. I figured, you know what, one person isn't doing this, I need two. And the fact of the matter is, they both are really, really, really good at a lot of different things, but it wasn't providing the overlap from, uh, that I needed. So this results in immediately a lot of criticism, um, which uh, removes, which frankly uh, removes, like uh, it, it changes where the the line of their comfort zone and growth zone are. Like it doesn't just push them further out of it. it I guess what I'm trying to say is it really it makes the growth zone even thinner and it, it expands where the danger zone is. So I'm pushing people into the danger zone out of the growth zone. Um, and now I'm, which results in me getting even less of what I actually need. Their, pro- right. their, their performance decreases, which means my criticism. Anyways, I was reading an article earlier <laughs> today uh, called, uh, that called this a doom cycle. It was from yeah, Forbes. Yeah. This is apparently a, a common, but anyways, that what I've realized is this is a lot of my relationships is um, I give someone an, I, I effectively give someone an opportunity to grow uh, saying, hey, I, you know, like I see you're doing all of this. I need this. It's 30% above where you are. Do you think you can do it? You're up for it? 
And they say, yeah, sure, that sounds fun. This is because, like, I deal with so many people like you. They need to be interested. They need to be challenged. They need they need it to be engaging. And it's not engaging if it's something they're if, if it's a hundred percent already what they know. Yeah. So, but but so well, anyways, the end result on my end is I need to provide procedures and checklists and have meetings for for constructive criticism. Um, so that is not just me giving that feedback, but effectively what I've created is it, what I've Surveys realized. Surveys are a good way of doing that. Too. What surveys? That's a good way to do it. like getting customer service. Well, so this is actually entirely on the employee side. Like, I'm having trouble. The, the, the problem is not, is not is, the problem is their, is their output doesn't match what I need. That's it's what you were describing earlier with um, Unity Radio couldn't pay you, but you were doing everything for them. Um, that shouldn't have been your problem, but it was from the very beginning. Yeah. Uh, and I guess, so one thing I've recognized is, one, those dynamics are not sustainable. Like, those do not end well. Um, I am, and more. Well, you end, up, you end up losing the value. Like, the, the people who are of value, if you run your operation that way, they're not going to stick around. They're going to go somewhere they're valued. Or their skills become of less value because of this cycle of criticism. Like, they're, they're, then they become anxious. And, so this is what I'm getting at. Do you think it's a resentment is, thing? Like, I'm only going to give you as much as you're giving me? Um, no, I think it's the opposite. I think it's they're trying their best, and then it's never enough, and that's just, uh, that's just uh, consistently def- that's, uh, defeating. Yeah. Um, this is what you, you, you mentioned how you screamed and like that might have been re- uh, related to it. And I think I don't uh, you know, I probably have. Ra- so that's actually one thing worth acknowledging. I have raised my voice to my employees and that's like I need to be mindful enough to literally never do that. Yeah. Um, and, and so but but like if I do, they're not going to hear or learn or change or adjust. And then a week later, I'm upset that what I said to them isn't being listened to. And it's a, it's a continuous cycle that doesn't actually improve itself unless... But so here's the actual problem. I'm saying, I need, I'm saying from them, hey, can you do this? And they say, yeah, I think so. And if they're wrong, uh, it, it's, it, it immediately jumps into this situation. So one thing I've realized is I can't actually trust people's self-assessment. Never mind. <laughs> here's a better way of saying it. I told Luca that, uh, a few weeks ago, I said, I think I've probably spent, lost tens of thousands of dollars um, trusting people's self-assessment of themselves this year. And they said, yeah, that's probably right. People self people aren't usually good at assessing themselves. And I said, yeah. yeah. I think I probably lost a few hundred thousand dollars trusting my own self-assessments of myself this year. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, where th- this is coming, metrics. I need to have standards uh, and, like, tracked information external from the from the actual like this is not just feedback from that person i need to say objectively is this person doing their job and that unfortunately requires me to find that ahead of time yeah so the problem Experience. is this is a when it's a, when it's a business and all of these things are growing so like the difference in this situation is i was paying these people so like so which is part of the problem of like you know, now I think I'm entitled to get exactly what I'm asking for, but also they still aren't able to provide it, which means now I'm frustrated, which means now I'm criticizing them, which means now they're doing a worse job, and it, so on and so forth. Like, it's a really difficult, bad situation that affects everyone's mental health, but there's more so than mine. Where, where I'm trying to go with this is, you know, realizing this, that, that effectively I am starting this pattern. Well, I mean... <laughs> But it's not malicious either. Part of it is you're learning as you're going. So you're learning your needs as you go, and you know, being able to find someone who accommodates those needs, it's not as easy if you don't know what those needs are yet. So, yes, absolutely. But it's also all about communication, Um, and. So the problem is, so I try to set realistic expectations instead of uh, having a lot of instead of. I don't know, I effectively say ahead of time, hey, this is going to be chaotic. This is going to be difficult. 
I don't know what we're getting into. Um, and then people are like, wait a second. This is chaotic. I have no idea what we're getting into. <laughs> what the heck? Is it? It's people. So there's a combination of like, not people don't believe me when I talk to them, but people, that's it. People always think, and this has been an issue my entire life, is people effectively see me and say, oh, it must have been everyone else. I, it's funny because I've been having therapists act this way towards me since I was like fucking nine. But people see me and are like, oh, everyone else didn't know what they were doing. I've got this. This is my specialty. I know exactly how to handle it. We're good. And they're wrong. <laughs> but, but, but like, if they, I don't know. I guess what I'm trying to say is this. People come in and they're like, they have their own way of doing it or... There's so many different things, and you need to be upfront with people. But you need to—it's it, not just a matter of making sure they hear you and listen. And, and under, but but if they don't understand, at what point are am I? I don't know. So I guess that's what I'm trying to say is like this isn't a reading comprehension thing. This isn't a, a lack of work ethic thing. This yeah. isn't a a, a lack. It's not a, a lack of interest. It's a I am not providing enough of a framework slash uh, environment for them to learn in. Slash, I'm also making it a bad environment for them to learn in. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas we need the opposite. We need so so taking it back to where I first learned about the growth zone and, and racial equity class. Like this is about creating a better world. We unfortunately need to create a space where people can go through the processes. So 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 the amazing thing about you is that you've been able to. You've effectively said your environment. You, what I'm really saying here is you have reached a point where you. So there's a concept called threshold, uh, from uh, which is effectively when someone is able to make um, rapid identity level change. It's a concept from hypnosis. It, threshold is recognizing, one, something needs to change. Two, something needs to change now. Three, that change needs to be you. Now, you get there as yeah. soon as you have realized that it's not anything else around you. Right. And I don't think most people ever get to that point. I, I wasn't there for a very long time. Well, you, you've gotten there a lot <laughs> I, of different I, times. I'm there now. Um, and that's the shout out to therapy. Mm. Um, if you get a good therapist, listen, I didn't, I've been needing therapy since I was a child. Right. And I didn't believe in it. Um, I even told my latest, all right, she's not even a therapist. She's a life coach. Um, but Hey, whatever works. No, right? no, that's a huge thing worth acknowledging. Coaching yeah. works way better for me. Yeah. And there's a lot of people who therapy is not necessarily, we're, we're product. We're, we're, we're. We're not trying to talk about our problems. We're trying to solve our problems. I need someone with experience, too. Mm-hmm. I don't need a college, like... You, you've, done, you've done enough I don't, I need a college person, young person from the suburbs, trying to come to, like, you know, get my insurance money. And how does that make you feel? You know what I'm saying? And <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. you have no idea. You can't even grasp the slightest inkling of, of what my life was and what I've been through, even though there's been a lot more people who've gone through a lot way worse than I have. I mean, I live in America, the greatest country in the world, so there's definitely a lot. You know what I mean? But the point is, like, your book isn't going to help me. I need someone who has either lived this experience or knows people who has dealt with people who lived this experience um, or, so, you know, s- similar things. At least that's what I needed in the beginning until, um, I mean, sometimes you need to switch therapists. Sometimes you finish working on something and you need to figure out something else. And the therapist who helped you get to the breakthrough you needed isn't able to help you get to the next thing. Yeah. So, and the way I was able to get to that breakthrough is I had to take full accountability and realize that, yeah, I am, I am the creator of my own reality, my own existence, my own positivity, negativity, Success, demise, it, that's on me, how I react to certain things. 
uh, we were talking about this before, me and Danny, um, you know, I've been going through this, you know how you have physical growth spurts, right? Like, yeah, I feel like I'm going through like a soul growth spurt, if that makes Good. sense. Yes. Um, it totally does. I've been going through a lot these past two years. I've been dealing with a lot of people. I haven't talked about this at all. <laughs> so I'm going to be very careful with what I say here. Um, because I, I, do, I do have a lot to lose. And that's one of the things that I've come to realize is that I do have shit to lose. And that's okay to have shit to lose. You know, my whole life is like, if you're I ain't successful, got shit to that's lose. What happens. What? <laughs> I don't give a fuck what you say. Yeah. Right? That's the mentality in the streets. Like, we really don't got shit to lose. And a lot of the times, what do we end up losing? Our lives. And, and it's our babies. And it's just it's so heartbreaking. Um, and me, as a 40-year-old man, I still can very well lose my life how, if I react the wrong way to certain shit. And, you know, it's, unfortunately, it's, it's unfortunate that, you know, my children weren't enough. I had to, like, get that grasp or at least the, the peak into generational wealth to realize, like, I can actually do something here and leave something for them. And, you know, like, I got something to lose, bro. Like, I'm not fucking around with y'all no more. So along with that spiritual and, and soul growth comes letting go of a lot of people that it's been hard to let go of, bro. Like, no matter how much they fuck me over or how much... We might have butt heads or whatever. I always made an excuse of why they were important to me, why they were good in my life, why I needed them, because these were my my ride or die since day one, right? Right, right, right. So it's ride or die, not ride or thrive. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've never heard will, that, and I they, love it. Bro, they will die with you, but they will not thrive with you, especially if you're the leader of the pack, because nobody wants to be a follower. Mm-hmm. And that's, um. that's a difficult concept to grasp, right? Yeah. Like, I want to be the leader. And if you're leading, fuck you. You ain't shit. I want to go over here and leave my own way. And if you ain't coming with me, you ain't shit no more. And that's where I found myself, the ain't shit club. And all of a sudden, I feel like it wasn't enough that we started having disagreements or, or maybe even viewing life differently. Or it's just like, not to... Not to cry victim at all, but it's it's almost like, you know, your skeletons start being used against you. Yeah. I fucked up in life, bro. I'm not perfect. No. I've made some big mistakes. None of them illegal. Yeah. Full <laughs> disclosure. None none illegal. Yeah. That's impressive. Cocaine's most illegal. of my most yeah. I think cocaine. <laughs> That's illegal. But <laughs> for the most part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing illegal, illegal. Like nothing that I ever the the most I've been to jail twice. Listen to what I've been to jail for. Once, punk-ass cops. That's funny, right? I mean, I'm driving no. through mm-hmm. Brooklyn. You, you been to Brooklyn? Um, yeah, I mean, I've Fifth Avenue. So, Fifth Avenue in Brooklyn. It's um, Mill Street. Okay. <laughs> it's like, it's that. Right. All right? There's all kinds of traffic in the morning. Um, two ways each. Two, two lanes each way. Okay. Um, and then there's, like, construction going on on one side, and... So it's all, like, funneling, and this cop's leaning over into a car talking shit, and I'm coming by, and he he stands up, and my rearview mirror clips clips his arm. No. And so I stop, and I'm like, yo, because there's nowhere to pull over either. It's, like, cars everywhere. And I'm like, what do I do? 
And the dude that I clipped his arm is like, I don't know where his mind was at. He was a little stunned or so. I don't know what the fuck was going on oh, with him. But his yeah. partner was like, nah, go. You good. Just go, bro. Like, you're stopping traffic. Yeah, the yeah, fuck? Yeah. Like, move. You know how New York cops yeah, are, yeah, right? Okay. So I go. I hook that right. And then, and at this time, I got a piss, too. So at the end of that street is a McDonald's. And I go to pull in the McDonald's. And as soon as I get there, I see lights behind me. Oh, no. It's a guy? Yeah. So the cop comes, and he's like, the fuck is wrong with you? You just hit a cop. You can't just hit a cop and leave the scene. No. So what? Oh, man. I feel like I got played. Like, I really did. And I told him, I was like, yo, your partner just, he told me to go. And the partner was like, yeah, I did tell him to go. He's like, I don't give a fuck. He hit me. And this was a, a Puerto Rican dude oh. or something. He was a, he was a Spanish dude. He was Puerto yeah. Rican, Dominican, some shit like that. I don't give a fuck, blah, 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 you should know better, you don't hit, You don't leave the scene, get out the car, did the whole field sobriety test, all that oh, bullshit, yeah. I was sober, it was like 8 in the morning. Yeah. Um, but they're looking for a reason. They want, Bro, yeah, they want, they arrested, want to grab you. Arrested me, fucking arrested. put me in the jail in Brooklyn overnight oh. on a Friday night, which, let me tell you, that's not fun, especially when the club lets out, oh my god, it was 3 in the morning, I'm, I'm asleep. And all of a sudden, ev- like oh my 200 God. people come into the cells. Like, it was the most, it was the craziest That's thing. That's kind of surreal. It sounds like bullshit, but it was real. And then I just stayed up and I started talking to people. It was, it actually, it was kind of cool. Like, the guard put some music on. It was the. I'm it, dead. <laughs> bro, what the fuck? It was the wildest there thing. There was a disco ball. And. I, if I'm, I believe we were in the holding cells in the bottom of the courthouse because. From my memory, we just went upstairs to go see the judge. Anyway, probably makes sense. Second time, I was in Irving, Mass. Actually, I went to I went to my friend's party. She had moved out to this little development. Whatever. I went to her birthday party. I did. I went out there. I did not smoke on purpose. I told you the story already, um, but I did not tell David. I did not smoke on purpose. But I live in what's the housing authority. I live in what's the housing authority. You can't smoke in your apartments because what's the housing authority? Fuckheads. So. I have to smoke in my car. January 19th. Let me set the scene for you. 11.30 at night. Route 2A. Oh, fuck. Okay? Yeah. So, Irving, Mass. Have you heard of it? Probably not. Close to the border of New Hampshire. If you know anything about the border of New Hampshire, very much Trump territory. Is that okay to say in here? Yeah, totally. Okay. I mean, I don't know. So, bro... They pull me over because I had a headlight out. They smell weed in my car. They're like, oh, we smell weed in your car. I'm like, bro, search the fucking car. Because I know. Right, I didn't bring no weed. I didn't bring no weed. I ain't smoking there. I explained the story. I was being honest. By the way, don't be honest with the cops. Just shut the fuck up. Right. Yeah. Just shut the fuck up. You have nothing to say ever. They're not your friends. Because they show sure we're acting like my friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. No. I've read enough police reports to realize how it's admitted and, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, like, honestly, it's been four years. I have my license back. It's all good. If I was smoking that night, I would tell you I wasn't. Honestly, I smoke better when I drive because, I don't know, I'm just, I'm a lot more chill. I'm able to pay attention to what I'm doing. I'm not so road ragey. I'm good, right? Right. Whatever. Anyway, those are the two times I've ever been arrested in my life. So... I'm not a person who actually gets involved in any fuck shit for right. the most yeah. part. Any felonious activities. You know, so anyway, 
I don't even remember how we got here. Uh, I'll give no, it back you're, to you you're, to, you're to redirect things, us. So you're worried about things being about about uh retali- not really retaliation, but but you're you're at risk. You have shit to lose. I think that's what yeah we're yeah yeah. So my thank you. I, I appreciate that so much because I had a really good point. And the point is that you know people are out here dragging me, bro. Like they got shit to say. They have a a a, a, a perspective on a situation that they don't know shit about. And they're running with it. And it's very, very high fucking key disrespectful. And how do I want to deal with it? Of course I want to be going on Facebook and be like, nah, y'all are full of shit, blah, blah, blah. Here's my truth. This is what's really going on and fuck you. And and then yeah. after I do that, go and snatch a nigga up and handle him the way we're supposed to handle him in the streets. Because, bro, every day I think about people... Coming at me in any kind of way, I think about being a little bitch for not handling it the way I'm supposed to handle it. But you know what I've learned? Is that it takes more of a man to walk away. (laughs) Yeah. So much more like strength and inner awareness. But also if you respond to them. Discipline. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and, yeah, so I don't result to that stuff anymore, and I just, I literally walk away, and if walking away ain't enough, call the lawyers, because that's what bosses do, right? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I'd rather, I, I uh, so, I, I, I used to think it was snitch bitch activity, but I don't got to fuck with you with a lawyer if you ain't fucking with me, that's all I got to say about that. I don't know, that whole, that's like, the, the, the anti-snitching attitude actually really only benefits abusive bullies. Well... I don't know about that. I mean, I, I guess... All, all I'm going to say is I don't know about that. and and it's But it is a culture that I grew up with. And I feel like it... All right. I'm not going to... The reason why I say I don't know about that is because anti-snitching, I think, in my opinion, came really from a protection of our community. Yeah. Right? So you don't tell anybody... Like, you don't tell the cops. You don't tell no white people, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, anything that's going on in our house, in our community, in our neighborhood, because they can use that against you and weaponize it against you to further suppress you. So I think that's where the mentality was born. I could see that. Maybe not, but at least I like to think that's where every it time was I've born. Heard, yeah, yeah, yeah. Every time I've heard about it, it's usually in a... But also, that I wouldn't have heard about it from those situations. And that's a perspective thing, right? Yeah. So it depends on where you're from. Um, if you're from, like, the 2000s, then, yeah, anti-snitching has a different connotation in that. I mean, I... It's I, mainly, like, a high school thing, right? So I was thinking a few <laughs> days ago about how... You know, I almost posted, tattletale, tattletale, tell to the garbage pail, says every bully. Yeah. Like, because what I'm realizing is, you know, people used to... I, I, people, I tattled uh, as a kid, and... Effectively, it was a, this person's not doing something they're supposed to, and I'm seeking accountability from a from an authority figure. And I mean, I guess it depends on what's going on. So the the short answer is it was a really wide range. I was a young autistic kid who read all the rules, so I'm sure I upset a lot of people. Right. Um, and I'm sure sometimes it was unnecessary tattling. There were plenty of times that staff personnel at schools told me to stop tattling because they didn't want to have to address the small stuff I was bringing to their attention. <laughs> but 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 where I'm going? Well, with they this, could just address the rules. Yeah, no, that that's the problem. They don't want to have to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
a lot of rules are are made to set people up. Yes. I really oh, do believe that's something that. I'm going to go back to because there, I had a really great thought the other day. Systematically, psychologists are underdiagnosing people because of our systematic problems, and police are overcharging people because of our systematic problems. So, like, in the same way that police officers are saying, well, he might get off of that charge, so we're going to throw on another two or three charges just in case, psychologists are saying, well, we're going to give him mood disorder unspecified instead of ADHD so that it doesn't blah, blah, blah him for the rest of his life. And because- because they're both businesses. Well, yes, exactly. Because this is all profit and system driven. This is if all about the metrics. If they diagnose you and they 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 fix your problem, you well, don't got no reason to go back. Well, so it's not a matter of fixing. If they it's overcharge a, you. Well, they're not. They're not. They got every to reason to put you through their system. Well, so take it a step back to mental health. Makers, yeah. If they if they over if they underdiagnose, they can effectively do whatever they. So the, 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 that let me they take a step back. They can continue to poke it, prod it, and. Hey, why not try this and tell the insurance company why they need you there? Well, that's the thing. So it's then insurance. Continue billing the insurance. Yep. Exactly. And <laughs> but, but also about. for their business, like so. This is probably on the list of things I shouldn't say. But my mom works for CHL and has for my entire life. And uh, so where I'm, where I'm going with this is like systems like that cannot survive without this public funding provided by diagnosis by light diagnoses effectively. So in the same way, the police system requires excessive charges so this is well, I, think, are, I mean i think they know that and i think that's why they well, but they know it but they all do it do the, like do just enough to get by yeah and it's all a, it's all a system of numbers and the same thing with the overcharging they do just enough to where it doesn't look like the Worcester police department is racist but just enough to get the department of justice to investigate them and keep us all in limbo guessing if they really are racist for which, fucking come years. on who, of course who they are. for one minute believes that they're not a racist organization every fucking police department is a racist organization i mean the Worcester one is is notoriously for a bunch of different I, we can take do i think they're making improvements on on certain police departments throughout the country yeah maybe Probably. i think they're the trying not because high. They've gone through a lot of shit, and they realize if they don't, that they really can be dismantled. But that's the problem. They're only doing it now because we've made it because necessary. Because they're afraid. Yes. Well. And so I guess what I'm trying to say is if we tattled more earlier, maybe they would be more afraid. I mean, not well, actually. That police is a whole I separate thing. So. if we really got serious about who the fuck we're voting into office. So let's talk about that because you and I can make a difference in two years. Yes. The three of us in this room would so. have an impact on Worcester. So. If we included all of our friends, we could make a difference in that election. And, and I like to believe so. And that's one of the biggest reasons why I, he- I, I, I headed politics as much as I did these past two years. Not because I really give a fuck about politics. Because honestly, it's boring to me. <laughs> Which is why I wanted to do it the way I did it. Because I feel like if I can make it entertaining for myself, hopefully that makes it entertaining and palatable for others. Yes. Um, so... I also saw a need for connection and understanding. And a lot of people, because I would ask people, why don't you vote, bro? Like, oh, well, I don't want to go vote because I don't even really know what I'm doing. I don't really even know who's running. And, and I'm like, well, I could just tell you who to vote for. Nah, because that's irresponsible. And, yeah. you know, I don't want to be responsible. So this comes bad back. habits, blah, blah, blah. And so I'm like, I bet. You don't know shit. I'm about to teach you some shit. So I went and I talked to it, and I put my money where my mouth is. I put my everything that I do on the front line to say, look, this is so important to me that I'm going to be out here doing this for you. Mm -hmm. 
I might so sound a little comes... narcissistic, but that, that, that's not how I meant it. I really do feel like it was important for me to try to educate the community on what really matters, because what really matters is municipal elections, uh, local elections, because you have people put in place that can really make or break your situation, and they can do it. All this bullshit that they can't do shit is bullshit. How do I know? Because, all right, first of all, everybody should know because of COVID, right? All of a sudden, everything could happen. We got health care for everybody. We got shelters for everybody. We got food for every student bucks. in the school. We got free buses that's still going. Yes. We got jobs. Jobs. We got every computers for every kid in every school. We got all this shit that out of nowhere, boom, we could take care of. And I don't want to hear no bullshit. Oh, well, now we're at war. Well, the, first of all, we're not at war. Those aren't our wars, and we shouldn't be funding other people's wars when we got a fucking war right here, a war on poverty and a war on fucking security. Speaking of which, before I forget, uh, Friday at 2 p.m. at City Hall. Um, uh, I'll be there. Wonderful. I'll be live streaming. Good. Uh, Palestine, the Palestine stand Yeah, standing, standing with yeah. Palestine. Um, yeah. Are we going to go into that, or are we running out of time? We've been here we're we're not running out of time. <laughs> no. Do you, do you need to leave to sleep? Uh, yeah, I need to. I got to fucking. We've got 20 minutes and <laughs> we should right, not get right, into right. No, we unfortunately probably should not. Told you, I could talk. <laughs> oh, no, you guys are good. I'm fucking a zombie right now. Yeah, okay. That's that's that that's that fucking Pac-Man ghost. That's what I know, that I did, is. I didn't need to smoke two points, No, you didn't. But I did. Um, but that's not right. I mean, you guys can feel free to continue the Are you going to dip out right now? Do you want to go? keep going? Because we can if you would like or else we can. We can end it where you planned on ending it. I mean, I didn't plan on ending it. This is a, effectively when we wrap up. Okay, whatever you want to do, we can we could do a part two. Do you? Uh, I mean, we, we should either way. We're going to do this again. Um, do you want me back? Sometime? Do you have a, Do you have anything you want to specifically get in today? Nah, no, no, no. Okay, good. yeah. So then, um, I'm let's just uh, the flow. I want to get out one last thing. Okay, but, um, which is Ryan Reynolds. Uh, it, it, this is more of a. You should keep this kind of thing in mind. Have you heard of anything Ryan Reynolds is doing other than acting? Cool. So no. it's effectively, he has a uh, company called Maximum Effort, like LLC, okay. <laughs> like the Deadpool thing, Maximum Effort. Uh-huh. And um, he, uh, it's a marketing company. So he partnered with uh, Mint, which is a T-Mobile reseller, and like quadrupled its value. And when they sold it, he got like, right. you know, a percentage of the millions. And now he's working with a Canadian aerospace, uh, wait, sorry, not aerospace, Car, vehicle, electric car. I don't know. He's doing something, and his, he did a few commercials for them that are effectively like, uh, this company's different. It's Canadian. We're not. They're not going to um, blow. They're not going to send uh, dicks into space. Like it was. A, it was a, a beautiful shot right at Musk. Um, anyways, where I'm going with this is he is using his his personality, his uh, his uh, how well renowned he is, to amplify causes that he likes yeah. and profit off. In a, in a uh, not it's not a unique model, but it's effectively he says, like you know the answer to what do you bring to the table for him is uh, well I'm Ryan fucking Reynolds everyone loves right. me uh, I will do a commercial for you and you're and you will be worth billions more yeah and he's able to do that so in other words you're working towards a place where you can effectively like it's not you know you you wouldn't sponsor I don't know what I'm trying to say is keep this kind of model in mind because. Uh, as you grow and as you figure out what else you're doing, there's going to be things where you're like, oh, wow, yeah, I'll be a face of that for a cut. And it will work out really well because you get to promote something you're passionate about yeah. to people who need what you're talking about. Yeah. 
um, which is exactly what I do. Right. Believe it or not. Um, I thought I was a genius, but obviously I'm, I'm not. It's, it's a very common, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the best things in life are common sense. So <laughs> common fucking sense, right? So what I, what I do is I do, so full disclosure, I do profit off of my community work. That's how I do it. I decided I'm not going to directly profit off of it in a way that, um, you know, we're going to go really, for another hour. Do you want to? No, 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 we're, we're not. Oh, we're not. That, okay. that is really disrespectful. Um, I just have local businesses in the community afford for me to be available at those. So, you know, basically their name goes on wherever I'm at. So you're, the, I don't think you should, I don't think people should necessarily try not to profit. What you're, what you should try not to do is take advantage. Yeah. So, okay. Last so actual, thing, actual last thing, because once, so as you build your network, to this, Danny, I promise. <laughs> as you build your network and as you, uh, you know, uh, create your own self-worth and whatnot, uh-huh. you're able to, uh, eventually, there's a point where you have, where where ev- everyone else can, has way more to benefit from you than you have to benefit from them. Like, no matter how much, well, actually, it's the other way around. Because, like, someone helps me and they give me a good idea and then I'm able to run with it exponentially. Yeah. Because, anyways. But what I'm trying to say is, the real end goal thing here is, if, is uh, making sure that you're having a great impact on everything around you. Yeah. Like, at the end of the day, it's not a problem to, to profit. These people want to pay you. Um, it's only a problem if you're, like, taking their money and making it for yourself. So, right. uh, in other words, create opportunities, empower everyone else, and Don't be an do opportunistic. Good. That's yeah, it. exactly. Don't you don't need to be self centered about it. Yeah. All right, that's it. Thank Danny, you so ready? much for joining us. <laughs> Listen, I can't wait to come back. I had a great time. Um, maybe, you know, let me know. I'll be. We'll glad we'll to do come it. Back. I also um I I honestly really like the concept of trying to aim to do a like every six to eight weeks with um other people from Worcester and calling yep. it like Worcester issues or something like that. There you go. That Sounds could be like really fun. fun. Okay, we're gonna end today. Anything, Danny? Before we sign out. So, uh, don't do what I did. Get some rest. (laughs) Hear that. Don't break night.